What you are witnessing is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in Austin, Texas Municipal Court. Both parties have agreed to dismiss their court cases and have their disputes settled here in our forum, the Grave Talk Court. All rise for the Honorable Judge Head Cannoneer John. <coughs> Please be seated. <laughs> are we all being Southern? Because I was not prepared for that yet. Okay, let's go. All right, what do we have here? Uh, why are you two gentlemen standing in front of me before this court? Can I sit down? No. Oh. <laughs> you may not be seated. This is a standing procedure only. I'm pretty sure they stand in the people's court. The whole time? Frederick. Mm, no, I am not Frederick. No, we're the lawyers for the defendants. Oh, representative. <laughs> yeah. All right, sit down. Okay, thank you. Look, you're on. I'm going to keep standing. Uh, you do you, okay? You, you're <laughs> well, thank on, you, you kind sir. You gentlemen from the south of some <laughs> indiscernible place. Gavel, gavel, gavel. This is a no. Gavel, gavel. We could probably edit in that sound effect. I love how fucking shit this is. I love it. Let's go. This is a no nonsense court. Your Honor, I am here today representing Mr. Voorhees. Mm -hmm. He is here for restitution and recompense. Oh. He was not paid full due when a job was agreed upon when he was resurrected from Satan's hell to come uh -huh. forth and go to Springwood and kill for his employer. Objection, Your Honor. My client has made it very clear that our other defendant over here would be paid in exposure and marketing, mm, which we can, we can argue was pertained. My client does not need exposure nor fame. He is known throughout these parts. Is there a contract here if I can I look can, at? If I can introduce evidence A, the yeah. title of this film, Freddy v. Jason, uh, one does not get their name put at the front of a movie title unless they are in the right and found to be correct. Objection, Your Honor. That is alphabetical happenstance. Happenstance. That's true. In Here's the case it. of A versus B, I can point out that that is actually how the law works. Well, alphabet, you know what I got to tell you, gentlemen? Alphabetized is a core precedent, so... Well, look, if we are yeah. going to list uh -huh. out the amount of kills that occurred in this movie and Please. see who had the most, let's go ahead and set the record Your straight, Honor, shall kills we? Kills are ancillary. Kills are a byproduct mm. of today's society and a failed judicial system. Mm. What I would like to point out is fear. Fear is what drives us. It's what moves people forward in the future. Mm, he's got you there. Yana, Yana, fear is free. Killing is not. Oh, he's and I am here to get my client what's due. Yeah, I do love a turn of phrase, so... <laughs> 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 shit, we may be up shit's creek yeah. here, pal. I, I can't do this, you guys. I can't do it. I cannot defend Freddy Cougar in this movie. I tried so hard. It. Oh, God. Your Honor, if I may recuse myself from this case, I am incapable of defending this creature, this man who, who just dared to dream a dream, mm -hmm. if you will. They did dream a little dream of me. <laughs> I, I can't. Oh, God. Oh, okay. we, we will happily pay restitution Gentlemen. to Mr. Voorhees. Wow. <laughs> His lawyers decided to pay up. That sounds... That's a twist and turn. <laughs> well, That's a turn of phrase, if you will. Anything's possible at the Grave Talk Court. Uh, all right. Well, then, gavel, gavel, gavel. <laughs> Mr. Voorhees wins. Default judgment, $1. Yana, my client is a man of few words, but inside he is jubileish. Oh, I'd love to That's see that. That's not even a word, but you can tell. He shoots fireworks from his finger trips? No, no. He is jubilant with uh, joy because you just said he's getting his recompense. Yes, of $1. Your Honor, if I may it. also chime in on Inflation his mark. defendant's behalf, um, mm -hmm. he is a great man. Well, he's an okay man. A fantastic presence. He doesn't know how to use a machete. My client is full of nasty, nasty phrases. 
and is incapable of saying a complete sentence without uttering the word bitch or whore at the end of it. Yeah, well, you try getting burned in the fire and see what happens. Your Honor, might I uh, recommend punishment? Punishment? punishment. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. I gave How you the money. How about we give Mr. Freddy a thesaurus? <laughs> Oh, well, that's going to come or out of your Urban share, Urban Dictionary, though. at least. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll forfeit my clients $1 <laughs> that you awarded him. All right. So Mr. Frederick Cougar Perhaps can learn a few tramp, other phrases. Trollop, scallywag. Yes. These are all words it could be instead of bitch. Uh, possible. All right, well, sounds like we're done here. Uh, gavel, gavel, gavel. Easiest day ever. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry for wasting the court's time. <laughs> <laughs> so ends the Grave Talk Court. Hey, all you creatures from cyberspace. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Grave Talk podcast. It's 2023, and we're back for... The witching year. The, mm. Ooh. Is the whole year going to be witching? I'm taking time, and I'm turning it on its head. Everything's witching now. Yeah. It's the year of the witch. Is that on the Szechuan menu of dinner mats when you go to the restaurants? I believe it's Chinese menu, not Szechuan. Well, okay. Yeah. How's the year That's of the right. tiger? That's the important thing to know. Okay? okay. How are you guys doing? How was your holiday? How you doing? I'm good. Thanks. All right. Well, uh, you know, I made it through. Uh, yeah, it was fine. It was it was a very it was a very grave talk Christmas. Okay, <laughs> I don't know what that entails, but I'll take your word Thank for you. it. Thank you, listeners. Write in what you think grave talk Christmas is. <laughs> I'd love to hear your terrible thoughts of what you think we get up to at the holidays. No, I didn't do shit. I got a puppy. That's what I did. Oh, oh. so that is a new puppy. That is a brand new puppy. Okay, uh, okay. three month. Well, no, four months old at time of airing. Have you named it yet? I, oh yeah, Maverick. Well, of course Jesus you did. Christ. I of saw that and I was like, your here wife, we go. Your wife let you do that, didn't oh, she? His she, wife didn't have a say in that one. I'm sorry. She encouraged me to do it. So what? She dared him. She's like, I fucking dare you to do it. He did it and now he's getting divorced. I, I love it, man. How long did you mull over changing that to Goose or Iceman? Uh, zero seconds at all. Yeah, he was Maverick the whole time. Mav is what a we A dog called. named Goose? Come on. Do you do a little teeth bite thing at him? How so? Oh, no. Don't do that. Uh... <laughs> I should though. Though you know, I'm trying to teach him not to bite. So no, yeah, maybe Maverick. when he's older. You got to yell that when you yell for your dog, Maverick. Oh, quite a lot. If y'all okay. have had little three month old puppies, you know they are quite the handful. I have not. Well, I don't know that I recommend it. I'm not allowed to be around small animals. I pet the rabbits too hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like we did okay during the holiday. Well, now that we're back, we're gonna start it the year off. Sounds like we did okay at the holiday. Garrett, what were you up to? Oh, nothing. You're here. Okay. <laughs> we did all right. We did all right. That's proof enough. Well, we're going to start off the year strong with Jason versus Freddie. <laughs> you, you see how I, re, I renamed it? Because <laughs> Jason is my clear winner of this film. Uh, Without a doubt. Jason gets wrecked in this movie. Yeah, but he can't die. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> all right, fair. Let's, let's, let's spoil the ending. He does walk out the victor. Barely. He's lo he lost all the fingers in one hand. That's true. But he's palming Freddy's head without hand. fingers, so think yeah. about that. Yeah, but he can't use his machete with a no fingers. A hand so badass that he doesn't even need fingers to palm a head. Well, that's true. But he needs him to hold a machete, so. <laughs> that's true. Well, before we get too deep into that, have you guys watched anything you want to bring up or talk about? Nope. Not a thing. Well, I watched a show on Apple TV called Servant by M. Night Shyamalan. And, uh, How'd that one fare? He's up for, what, like 20... 
percent good movies at this point. I want to see Knock in the Cabin or Knock at the Cabin Door, or whatever that new one coming out is that he did. Hopefully, it's good. The show's okay. Uh, it's not really like they play it up as a horror, and it has some horror imagery, but it's more of like a mystery show. Uh, but it's good. It's good. The final season. I like that it has a set ending, so I know like this season coming up is the final season. Perfect because it is wearing a little thin. They're really trying to stretch this mystery out, and it didn't have much more in the tank. So I'm glad they're wrapping it up. I, w- I did watch his movie old and thought it was just kind of dumb. Like the, he has really good premises, but then he executes poorly mm. a lot of the time, in my opinion. The George Lucas problem. Yeah, I think I think this is true about half the time. Yeah. I really like The Village. I don't care what he says. I know that they think a lot. That's one of his weakest films, but I think like film-wise, it's one of his best films. The Happening has story some great is so, imagery. So, but yeah, but that's the dumbest story he's ever written. Uh, it's really stupid. But come <laughs> yeah. on, when those the people, trees are killing us. <laughs> when those people were just jumping off the building and shit, or the lady who just walked into the tiger. Sure, like that part was awesome. Then it went all downhill. I knew the movie was going to be bad when Mark uh, Wahlberg says come on, stupid, let's get scientific or some bullshit line like that where he insults himself. Yeah, he's really like progressed as an actor because in like The Martian, I can buy that he's a scientist, but in this movie... He wasn't in... That was Matt Damon. Oh, Damon. that's why. Yeah, that's why he's... <laughs> <Jesus Christ. laughs> Which, The Martian's a good movie. So great. Movie. But I was going to say, I could not buy Mark Wahlberg as a scientist teacher, as a science teacher. Definitely not. He, he was in not, The Departed. He was really good Excellent. there. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. I will always go to bat for signs. I know that the Science idea bad. of like, oh, the water is kills the aliens, that reveal of the alien walking past the fucking alleyway was fantastic. Yeah, why, why do we have to talk about that? <laughs> why do we have to talk about that? Why? That, that single scene in that movie is responsible for like millions of people not sleeping for like half a year. It was it's, so good. It's an incredible scene and it works so well. He's got good scenes in his movies, I'll say. I actually did like, was it Glass? Glass was really, well, no, was awesome. uh, Unbreakable. Unbreakable. I liked Unbreakable. Yeah. That was too long. Honestly, yeah. Unbreakable was like 35 minutes too long, but I don't know. We can all agree that Shyamalan is at least doing his thing. He's doing it competently enough to keep getting work. Yeah. Uh, Mom and Dad was fun. I didn't see um, that one. Anyway, this, welcome back to Shyamalan talk. Twist, it's not actually about Shyamalan movies. Yeah. We're going to be talking about Freddy v. Jason. Have we not um, done one of his movies yet? Uh, I don't know. I will. I saw a clip of the sixth sense yesterday and had no idea that Tony Collette was the mother. Yes. Cause I didn't know who she was back then. I can't yeah. even remember that. I think I saw the sixth sense in like 2000 and that was it. Cause once you know what happens, I just never want it to still holds back. up, dude. Right, it still holds it up. You, you definitely, you definitely don't have the, like the, Oh my God, surprise, but it is actually a really well-made film. Yeah. Um, I saw Terminus which was a uh, short little 13-minute uh, stop-motion animation project by Ghostmane. Well, it's starring Ghostmane. Director's Nick Sinelli. It's basically kind of like a long, badass stop-motion animated music video in the, the vein of Mad God, stuff like that. It's really rad. I recommend checking it out. I think it's like four bucks on iTunes if you want to buy it there, but I'm sure it's everywhere you can stream and stuff like that. So Terminus. check it out. Terminus. If you, like, if you like creepy stop-motion animation and stuff like that, it's pretty rad. I will definitely check that out. Uh, Well, I don't have a lot of movies to report. Over the holiday, I rewatched all of the Mad Max movies because I hadn't seen those in a very long time. Um, Still fun. Fury Road is still fucking amazing. It's still the the best one. It is really good. I I like part two a lot just because it's got a lot of nostalgia for me. Yes, part two is still great. I don't care for Thunderdome. I'm going to go on record. Thunderdome is not my jam. You don't like him saving all those children from the desert? Look, Mark, let me me quote you a song from (laughs) Tina Turner. We don't need another hero. Yeah. The thing about Thunderdome is it gave us a good phrase, though. This is the Thunderdome, or this isn't the Thunderdome. You could go beyond. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a lot of options with Thunderdoming. Two men enter, one man leave. Two men enter. 
one man leave. They chant that for like 45 minutes. Yeah. yeah. You want to make sure you it's know the rules. It's also the tagline of the movie, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, anything else that we want to bring up before we get into today's title bout? I uh, do. I do. You do. What you got? I want to thank everyone who uh, chimed in and uh, basically entered the uh, the contest to win some free stuff from the Grave Talk. Um, but thank you all so much for doing it. We got some cool stuff. We got um, a bunch of cool projects. We've got some cool merch. I know we've talked about the merch, but we actually have some stuff going on it. But other than that, just thank you all so much. Again, like, share, retweet. And I guess I'll shut up now and let you get back to your current broadcast. Freddy versus Jason. Place your bets. Well, let's talk about today's movie. From 2003, we're doing Freddy versus Jason. This one was directed by... Our first versus film. We haven't done a film where two you know, major forces... Two. No, we didn't. Godzilla versus Kong, Never man. happened. Never <laughs> happened. <laughs> All right, Mr. <laughs> Anti-History. You know, if this movie continued in that vein, and now they were doing King of the Slashers, <laughs> and Freddy and Jason had a team up, who would they fight? No, no, you don't even answer that question, because I went down a damn rabbit hole with IMDb, because I was like, what have these writers done, and how can I avoid anything? else they've done from here on out and let me tell you there are a shit ton of fan films short film like freddie versus michael myers jason versus pinhead like it is a cornucopia of short film trash mm-hmm. there's also a freddie versus jason 2 that someone made which is credited on the imdb website so i don't know what that's all about mm-hmm. but it's got to be a fan film yeah, that definitely was not an yeah, official no. product. After this one came out and made money, there was a lot of talk of a sequel that never materialized. They said, well, what if Michael Myers? Well, what if Ash from Evil Dead? Those things were mm. swirling around for years. And to the point where they actually made the Ash versus Freddy versus Jason into a comic book form. So if you're interested, oh. the storyline does continue there. What? Okay. I, I got to ask, have you read it? No. I looked at the art and was like, Egh. I just, <laughs> that, that concept is so dumb. That Ash would last five seconds five seconds well in real life but ash is no mere mortal he is the chosen one if you've watched any of the evil deads so he's got something about him that keeps him alive he's got that little something something that just makes you go ooh la la and there's precedent remember in jason goes to hell uh friday the 13th part nine the necronomicon is on the mantle of jason's mother's home well, anyone with a, a, a nice library has a Necronomicon of some kind. Right. There was many in the first edition prints. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Definitely. I got mine at Scholastic Book Fair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that would be fucking rad. <laughs> you had a book fair? I got mine through Troll. Let, ah. me get, let me get a Mad Lib and let me get that Necronomicon. <laughs> All right. Well, today's Freddy versus Jason. Man. You just, you just say it one more time because I think we've said it like Freddy versus Jason. I'm just going to start saying Freddy v. Jason because I like the way F-G- that sounds. FDJ. This one came out in 2003, and holy crap, I didn't think I could feel 2003 again like I felt it in this movie. Like a warm embrace this <laughs> was. <laughs> it's like time traveling, man. That bad rock and roll that was so prevalent after Disturbed came on the scene, and your Linkin Parks. Oh, oh the copycat right bands. before that, too, but yeah. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, how did they not get Linkin Park for this movie? That would have been right up there. They read the script and were like, get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't afford Linkin Park, you know what I mean? Yeah, they had true. to spend all the money on this. Uh, this fight scene at the end. They got Lincoln parked. Speaking, Very close. But <laughs> speaking of money, Mark, how much did it cost and how much did it make? Because I am very concerned. You're concerned? What? They didn't use their money wisely. I'm, I'm, I'm worried they misspent. $30 million was the budget at the time. Okay. And okay. it brought in $116 million. Yeah, it did. Okay. I worked so. at the theater when this came out and it was it was a it was This a shit was a force. I mean, what horror fans wet dream Honestly, when you hear when you heard about this, and I was, this is what we got. I was ecstatic to buy that movie ticket yeah. and go see this thing. It was a big deal. Uh, I, I mean, wasn't a horror guy, and I went to the theater to see it because it was just one. Of, it was a cultural moment. Like it was like, wow, this is finally happening, and it lived up to it. 
No, it didn't, John. <laughs> oh, man. I left the theater very happy. Yeah. I mean, I I, I got a hand it. job. I scored some coke. You know, it was great. <laughs> That's, I didn't watch the movie. Other than that, the movie was very good. Uh, no, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this one. And on rewatch today, yesterday, it's not as good, but I still like it. It's dumb. Yeah. A lot of it feels really slapdash, but it's still a good time. I think it's firmly tongue in cheek. I They knew what they were doing mm. for a lot of this stuff, I feel like. I think for a, for a lot of Freddy, yes, they did. I think for the the actual plot and the dialogue, no, they didn't. I love the premise of this movie, though. I think it's so I thought, no the concept of it. Freddy using Jason to make people afraid, cool. But we'll, we'll get into, we'll get into it in a minute. But like, I had that. There's so many major flaws in this. But All go right. ahead. Well, Mark, drop the deets. Well, I do want to say that this movie will turn 20 years old this year in 2023, and that fucking hurts. Stop stabbing me, Mark. (laughs) Uh, Yes, but this one was directed by Ronnie Yu. Uh, If you don't know him, you may remember one of his films that he's known for. Fast and Furious, baby. No. No. Too Fast, Too Furious. None of the Fast and Furious films. He's known for Bride of Chucky. That's who it is. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah, I can see how you get him confused. Vin Diesel, Bride of Chucky. <laughs> it's all about family, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. Brad Dorf is all about that familia. Remember that scene where Chucky's just drinking, just crushing back Corona the whole fucking yeah. movie? You order me, you owe me a quarter mile doll. <laughs> this one stars Robert England as Freddy Krueger, Ken Kurzinger as Jason Voorhees, Monica Kina as Laurie Campbell, Jason Ritter as Will Rollins. I'm really wondering if that's really guys related to John Ritter. But I don't Jason know. Jason Rither? Uh, yeah, it's his it is, son. It's a son. Is it? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we had two sons in this. Did my we? two sons. Oh. It's my two sons. It's my two sons. <laughs> That's a theme song to my three sons. Kelly Rowland as Kia Watterson. You might know her from a little band called Destiny's Child. Which I did not know. My roommate was nice enough to let me know as we started watching that. Where were you in the early 2000s? <laughs> not listening to Destiny's Child. I, I didn't either, Garrett. I only know that because I have a wife and she definitely was into uh, Destiny's Child. Isn't Beyonce from Destiny's Child? Yes, she is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and there was a third one too. What the hell's her name? Way less. Kelly. Kelly. No, this is Kelly. Yeah. This is Ke- Kelly Rowland, Beyonce Knowles, and someone less famous. Lefty eye. Should we really be using their last names on the podcast? I mean, we don't want to like dox them. I think everyone knows, besides you two, <laughs> who Destiny Child is and who Beyonce is. So I guess she's Beyonce Carter now. Now, for like the last 15 years. They've been married forever. Anyway. Congratulations to the, the, the happy newlyweds. Back to the cast list. We got Catherine Isabel as Gib, Christopher Rodriguez Marquette as Charlie Linderman, Brendan Fletcher as Mark Davis, and I do want to... Mark Davis of Corn fame? Doubt it. Oh, because that's his fake name in the movie. Oh, maybe it's a uh, <laughs> like homage. Yes, we'll say that it is. Okay, we we'll heard it here first. We're making up new wiki facts on this podcast today. Love it. Uh, Robert shaped the course of history. That's right. Robert Shea has a cameo as the principal. Robert Shea of New Line Cinema. Yep, Lynn Shea's husband. Correct. Mm, the Shays. They are pretty popular, and everyone court. refers to Lynn Shea as like Bob Shea's husband or wife. So I'm always like, let's let's flip it. Oh no, she's way, Robert I, Shea yeah. is the husband of Lynn Shea. She's way the more real famous. powerhouse. Yeah. We're we're Lynn Shea fans here at yeah. this podcast. Yeah, we, we stand, stand Lynn Shea. Yeah, mm. on Rotten Tomatoes, this one's sitting at a 42 percent out of 162 reviews and 50 percent with the audience out of 250 thousand. And I'm going to say 50 percent of them are Freddie fans, and they're sad that he lost. Let me let me point <laughs> this out. Let me point this out. I think that is a very fair and accurate Rotten Tomato score. I will not argue with you on that. Yeah, it's, what's going to be tough for me is I this movie hit me at like 
you know, my late teens, I would have been like 17 when this movie came out. So I'm viewing it through those lenses and I still like it. Uh, I got to tell you, I could see 50%. Yeah. yeah it's I'm pretty with cheesy. You. The story is crap. I mean, honestly, anyone who watches this and basically doesn't like hate the story, not the concept, but like the actual like, di- like the script and stuff like that is basically diluting themselves. So a 50% is okay because it's a fun movie. There's some really cool shit in it, yeah. but it is also hot garbage. Now, John, I see here before us that you brought a physical two-disc DVD of the, uh, mm-hmm. what does it say? New Line Platinum Series. Fuck yeah. That I, is my personal copy. I bought that at a Circuit City. Kids, ask your parents. Uh, when in 2004. A little ASMR for you. That's Ooh. me opening the box. Pop the top, baby. Listen, this is what it sounds like when you take a DVD out of the sleeve. Wow. I hope none of that picks up on the, on the mic. <laughs> Silence. Now, I know you want me to read the back of this, John, but I'm going to have to decline. Okay, it's fine. Because the Blu-ray is so stupid, I want to read it because it's better. What if you read the Blu-ray, I read the DVD at the same exact time? That's not going to sound good. Okay. Yeah, that's like, where are you going with this? <laughs> Just wanted our, our listeners to have options. It's now, okay. This is pretty good. But the Blu-ray sounds like it was written by Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, <laughs> well, you know what? You've talked it Let's up. Let's go. So. <laughs> the Slicer versus the Slasher. Ooh. Who's who? <laughs> Did it say who's who? <laughs> no, I'm oh, asking you guys. God, okay. I was like... <laughs> the Slicer has got to be Jason. See, I would have said the other way around. Because <laughs> with that machete, you got to slash. No, you slice. You slice and dice. Hey, like you slice a limb off, you Or know? you slash and dash. I just made that up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. See, there's already confusion yeah, in this box. Get it together, box. The box's uh, tagline says, a fright to the death. Uh, eh. Weak. <laughs> Two titans of terror going out at Mano a machete. They're going to kill each other a lot. The horror and wicked fun begins when Freddy realizes he can't haunt dreams because folks no longer fear him. So he enlists Jason to do a little killing on his behalf on Elm Street. Does it say a little killing? Yes, it does. (laughs) Presto! The fear is back. This box says presto. Holy shit. Shazam! (laughs) And so is Freddy. One problem, Jason isn't about to stop offing people. (laughs) I know. He knew you'd like it, John. And another... Freddy isn't about to let Jason rule Elm Street. This means war. Freddy versus Jason. Winner kills all. That's the box. No, they actually used multiple taglines for this movie in the back of that box. Here's some of the taglines. There was 11 of them for this movie. I'm not going to read them all. The Slicer, the Dicer, and this time, they're not any nicer. What? (laughs) Freddy Freddy versus Jason. Place your bets. Uh, A nightmare on Elm Street meets Friday the 13th. That was a tagline. Wow. A fright to the death. Winner kills all. Evil will battle evil. Even a killer has something to fear. And then uh, one, two, Freddy's coming for you. Three, four, Jason's at your door. That's, that's a just, good one. That's just a, a sampling of some of the, the taglines. Some this of movie these had. sound fan made. I got to tell <laughs> <Yeah>. you. <laughs> Freddy versus Jason. Place your bets. You have to watch these movies trailers. The 2000, early 2000s movie trailers were a spectacle to behold. We watched the Jeepers Creepers trailer and wow, it was 
it was more hardcore than like a John Wick trailer nowadays. <laughs> it was insane. It was like, oh my god, I'm I'm in for whatever it is. I see why they got so many like young kids' asses in the seats. Yeah, because we expected like just balls to the wall insanity. It was like Crank Five in every movie. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. If you can get your hands on the New Line Platinum Series DVD, it has all of the trailers and TV spots. Nice. So that's the kind of quality you get from the Platinum Series. You just patted that thing as if it was a, a small child that you were putting to bed. Good movie. Yeah. Good movie. People are, look, I'm proud that this thing is uh, 19 years old, I guess. And uh, I do want to point out that the one I want to point thing, out that it looks never used. No, I like the nice <laughs> shiny sheen it's got going on yeah. on the slip cover. That's nice. Uh, but I do want to mention that on the back of this, it calls Jason Voorhees an equally iconic madman. Mm-hmm. And that's not usually how I would describe Jason Voorhees. Yeah. Oh, about as good as Freddy. That's how He's a madman. You know, they're yelling as they're getting their heads oh. locked off. He's lost his mind. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Uh, I'll have you know this is well used. Uh, that's fine. You don't have to yeah. justify no. your, your Freddy versus Jason Sometimes use. I just open it and look at it, you know? Sometimes I just stare at this <laughs> thing for hours. It's been lovingly cherished yeah. all these years. I mean, I... I you s- pat it to sleep. I just yeah. saw it happen. This is how I sleep. <laughs> on top of it? Yeah, I put it right under my pillow. I alternate movies, but... <laughs> But the idea of Freddy versus Jason goes back as far as the 80s. You know, the fans were wanting this to happen for years. They talked about it. There was like 17 iterations of this movie. Uh, They even went to Paramount to try to get this made. But Paramount was like, we want to make the movie. License us your Freddy and we'll do it. And they're like, no. (laughs) But eventually Paramount lost the rights to the Friday the 13th franchise. Honestly, that was smart. New Line was so smart for not saying yes to that. I agree. In case you're wondering, this movie is rated R for perverse, strong horror violence gore. Wow. So that's per- the that's a word worst salad. kind of gore you can get. Yeah. And drug use. So. Oh, well, of course. I did want to run some of these ideas by you. These were some of the original script ideas for this film. Drafts and such. Uh, at one point, there was a cult that brought Freddy back called the Fredheads. Clever. Uh, yeah. There was talks of giving... Uh, a devil, the devil, Satan himself, a role in this movie Mephisto. where he charges a competition between Freddy and Jason and whoever kills the most gets to be Satan's ambassador on earth and the other must remain in hell forever. I like that concept, but that would be the biggest clusterfuck put on film. Yeah, it wouldn't work for these characters because one of them doesn't talk. <laughs> right. <laughs> He'd be a shitty ambassador. he just shrug. Yeah. <laughs> Probably the worst idea that I heard was Freddy sexually abused Jason and drowned him in Crystal oh, Lake. Oh, God. Uh, thumbs down. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh. Agreed. Glad they didn't go with that I one. mean, to taint the entire movie with that being your backstory. I mean, don't get me wrong. Fucked up. Great motivation. But like, oh, that would be so fucking hard to like watch. It wouldn't have aged well. No. Going back to the Fred heads. Now, what kind of music do you think Grateful Fred would make because to me it sounds like a ska band no they'd be grateful dead man it's gonna be that same type of music jer bear jer (laughs) scare bear don't ruin ska (laughs) with the likes of fred heads okay i think grateful fred man Uh, at one point in time, Rob Boutine, the effects guru behind John Carpenter's The Thing, was attached to be director. This would have been his directorial debut, but that okay. didn't happen. I could I get down with that. Uh, this went through 10 years of development before they finally got a draft and a screenplay they liked from the writing group of Damien Shannon and Mark Swift. Let's Let's be careful how we throw around the word writing with these two, because there is, I mean... St- 
original sin involved in this script. There is so much bad writing in this movie that I had a real problem with it. Well, let's also remember that these things go through multiple rewrites mm-hmm. and so I, forth. I know. And 10 years of development is never a good sign unless you're like developing like locations, plot, like, you know, like, well, the script, this script was not in a 10 year development oh, cycle. They came in late. Okay. But I, the, the whole the, concept of the, okay, yeah, got it. Got correct. It. Eventually they would cut it down from two and a half hours to down to an hour and a half or whatever it ended up. It wasn't being. an hour and a half. Or what was it? Yeah, it was. Was it? Yeah, it's 96 oh, God, minutes. It felt or like an like eon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it felt like an eon. <laughs> I'm aging in front of you, TV. Which really sucks because there are parts of this movie that fucking bang. They're so good. And there's other parts where I'm just like, I, I don't know if I'm going to make it. Well, let me tell you how I approach this movie, and this is this is why I can enjoy it with all of its flaws. Are you talking about now, or are you talking about when you first approached? Now. It? Okay, now. One of the approaches, director Ronnie, you took for this movie was to take inspiration from the Rocky and Apollo fight. Uh, you know that the, they had the spirit; it was just raw. Remember that was also where, like, I think Rocky has to cut his eye open mm-hmm. to keep fighting. It was like tra- going the distance. Tra- there you go. That's what they say, right? Yeah. <laughs> I see this as almost a parallel to like a wrestling match, a WWF fight. Oh yeah. This has all of the energy and feel of like Monday Night Raw when they'd grab the mic and fucking yell at each other for forty-five minutes and then wrestle for ten. Big time. You know what I mean? I think if you can approach this movie with that in mind. You're gonna have a good time despite its flaws. Might be why I loved it because I do like wrestling. Yeah, and this felt of the era. Yeah, oh yeah, big time. Who who was the big wrestlers of the time? Was this The Rock or was this after the 2003? Rock? It would have been right as The Rock. Steve, was. Steve, uh, what, uh, Stone Cold Steve, Stone, Austin. Steve Austin. He would have yes. been fading out though because he hurt oh, his really? neck. Yeah, The Rock would have been trans. This would have been the rise of like John Cena, uh, like okay. Who's the Some guy the that older looked, guys something Ramon out. Razor Ramon? Oh, this was Razor Ramon. That way was like past the 90s. I know no fucking <laughs> I know. He, he was Scott Hall in the WCW. Yes. Oh, yeah. any, anyone after the 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 Hulk Hogan under the giant era, I'm like <laughs> I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. What happened to Tugboat? 2003 would have been a <laughs> would have been a very transitional era as they just finished up the invasion. Gotcha. Da, 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 da. I matter. think I think that was a smart play. Because if you attract that crowd, they're used to bad writing anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, wrestling sucks in terms of storyline. Absolutely. I think a lot of people were so enamored by the idea of the concept and the fact that we were finally getting this. When I watched it last night, I was like, I'm willing to let some of this shittiness go because I'm getting to watch these two icons go at it. And there was something very enjoyable and very entertaining about it. Very uh, wrestling, as you yeah. guys you know pointed out. Mm-hmm. But it, it was everything that surrounded that that I had a real fucking issue with. Now, Garrett, what if I told you these two writers went on to write your favorite, or maybe your favorite, uh, Friday the 13th movie, The Remake. I actually knew that because <laughs> I looked them up. Like I said, I went down a deep, deep IMDb That's hole amazing. last night. And to be fair, though, we also had the line of, you have such juicy tits, bro, in that movie. Uh, uh, no, it's, your tits are so juicy, dude. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. I will never not remember that stupid <laughs> fucking line. When this movie opens up and we get the other asshole boyfriend, I was like, where do I know this character from? Yep. And they just replay <laughs> that guy in the, the remake. You know I don't like to touch after <laughs> we fuck or whatever the hell yes. he says. <laughs> what a piece of don't shit. Don't touch me or don't make me ask twice. Uh, I don't know. Babe, if you- I'm not going to ask again. Yeah. 
stand and deliver. And I was like, whoa, when he you came, should immediately stop right there. When he came back in dead form, that was great, though. And he's like, yes. oh, you gonna, I'm already dead and you're already <laughs> drinking out here. I'm not going to ask you twice. So I was like, oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Just to kind of wrap up the the feeling of this uh, versus boxing wrestling match. Did you guys watch the promotional material where they actually had mm-hmm. the, the way in? Yeah. yeah. Where it's like the, the fight interviews so before. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen that, listeners, go check that out. It's really stupid. Yes. <laughs> but it's fun. I enjoyed that actually quite a bit. I thought that was a really cool kind of way. And you know what? Once you said the Apollo Creed Rocky thing, I can see that. Mm-hmm. The problem is, though, is Apollo Creed and Rocky. Rocky is the quieter of the two, but he still had a lot of like character building dialogue and moment that made you. We didn't get that with Jason. Again, we we're supposed to just take all this for red. You know, well, you know, these characters. Freddie is the Rocky of this movie. Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> well, the movie starts with uh, Freddie narration. Yeah. Where he tells you everything you need to know about the characters well, if you don't know them. I, I, I didn't catch that, but oh. I'm so glad five minutes later, one of the characters in the movie explained the same fucking thing that he just said. This movie, and this is my problem, my, my number one complaint with this movie, this movie thinks that we are fucking morons because they literally, sometimes they will literally say something and then another character will repeat it. And then we'll have someone basically like one of the, the things I wrote down is Jason, I'm bringing you back to life because you can't be I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm bringing you in because you can't die. That's your whole thing. That's your stick, bro. And then later on, he's like, why won't you die? It's like, dude, come the fuck on. There's somebody who's like, I'm going to bring you back and you're going to make the kids scared. And then they're going to basically fear Freddy again. And then like five minutes later, there's a character who's like, what if he brought Jason back to make us scared? I mean, the movie just repeats itself. And I don't know if it's because it's bad writing, lazy writing, or if they just didn't trust us to like get these concepts, but it does this all the way to the end fight. It's like if someone explained how the Death Star worked every time we cut back to the Death Star. It was like, we don't need this. We get it. Not strong enough yet. Well, I will be soon enough. Until then, <laughs> I'll let Jason have some fun. That's post that was, The baby. corn rave was the best, uh, best thing. <laughs> the best thing. And this movie, that was awesome. When he's on fire and he's walking through the corn on fire. That it's a really good dope. scene. Oh, when he is on fire, I kind of wish that had just been like the entire crux of the movie because that was so scary and creepy. He killed more people in that scene than he probably did in all of like Jason Goes to Hell. Those, okay, those people killed themselves though. It felt like they're just running into his machete. Like he's just swinging it around wildly. Daddy, look, machete, let's yeah. go. Yeah, it was a great scene. Um, I did want to ask your guys' opinion of the characterization of our two villains, our two monsters that have been around for umpteen movies at this point each. What is this like, Freddy's? Eighth movie, seventh movie. This would have been eighth because yeah. we had eighth, New right? Nightmare afterwards, right? Or New no, Nightmare Four? No, after it was like two thousand nine. Okay, or something. yeah, New Nightmare. That the, was the in remake. 90s. Sorry, the remake. Yeah. The remake. Yeah, okay, so we had New Nightmare yeah. beforehand. As far as I understand, New Nightmare is its own separate thing, though. That's not part of the canon mm-hmm. of Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay. No, I think like I also I also believe because the meta aspect of it, right? Yeah. The, okay. This this Freddy seems like he just picks up after like three. Yeah, I was going to ask you where you would put him in like the the timeline or the feel of Freddy because it's well, not as scary to, as one. He had to go to hell because that's where he met Jason. Right. So when Jason went to hell in nine, I think Freddy was dead from part eight or whatever. He was six. Freddy's dead. But yeah, it, but that Freddy turned out to be dream gods that are like slugs. So I think it's I, I they, think they this, definitely retcon a few things. Yeah, here. I think this falls more like in three and four, like in sometime in that era. 
Would you say that these could uh, be the best versions of the characters up until this point? Peak, peak moments. Right? Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I would say that for Jason, though. He's kind of dopey in this one, to be honest. Jason's a little too lumbering. He doesn't... F- like, I, I'm, I know I'm probably the only one that thinks Kane Hodder is the best Jason at this table, but I honestly think no, that I agree guy... With that. Kane Hodder definitely in, is. He has an intensity and a feel to him that was absent in this movie, especially after watching... You know, I watched six, seven, and eight recently. Again, yes, I mm. fucking watched Manhattan <laughs> again. Yeah, well, it's a fun watch. Honestly, it's a crap movie, but it's, it's a fun so watch. stupid. Uh, but he does such a good job there that he's the pinnacle. So, getting Ken Kersinger, who was the stunt man for Jason Takes Manhattan, be the Jason, was really a letdown. And you guys reminded me because I didn't remember. I was like, why wasn't Kane Hodder in this? You guys they told me we discussed before that this is like a big point of contention. Yeah. So Kane Hodder had been championing this versus movie for many, many years. He had to go on and do Jason 10 and Jason Goes to Hell while they were trying to get this movie off the ground. Unfortunately, and depending on who's interviewed, they're kind of cagey about who made the decision, but it sounds like that uh, whoever was in charge of the property gave Ronnie Yu the uh, command to go find themselves a new Jason because of how poorly those other two movies were received. Jason 10 was a huge flop. Yeah. And I don't I can't know why, blame Kane Hodder for that, though. Yeah, Kane Hodder is... J- it's not like he's like, he's like, Madam, I find this to be... It's like his acting was not what sunk those movies. I agree with you, but the but the command was, we want a fresh start. Go reset. Now, what I did like... Why yeah. do execs think that's the I fucking... Sil- God, they're so stupid. How do they do this? <sighs> Who knows? Anyway, whatever. I do like how, I mean, imposing he is, though. He's a giant man. Dude, like, he towers over Freddy, which did, that was interesting, like a dichotomy there. And I'm not me, saying he did bad but, by any means, but he just wasn't. I know Kane. what you're saying, but I also think that comes down to script. I mean, sure. Hodder brings a, a, a certain panache, if you will, to the character, but it really comes down to how they're utilized because he is a lumbering oaf. And I, I really enjoyed the fact that we kind of got non-methodical Jason in this movie. He was just like a point A to point B to point C, kill, kill, kill. That's what I do. Done. There's not a lot of thought behind those eyes. Now, what I did not like, though, in that vein is this seems to be the first time he's ever held a machete because he gets it stuck so much. <laughs> So much, like he gets it stuck in more. floorboards and yeah. ceilings. It's it is kind of comical. Compared, like compared to the rest of the series, I think this yeah. in this one movie alone, he gets it stuck. You in should more have places. mastered the machete by now. Yeah, he guy does not. Well, know he what did he's just doing. get resurrected again, so maybe he's got to start fresh each time. Uh, resurrect- That's like his fifth resurrection, man. He should be used <laughs> Smart. to this. We don't talk about yeah. this. resurrection sickness. Gets you inner ear trouble. Yeah, all right. right, all right, all right. We'll give you some. Slack. You suddenly develop a fear of water that you didn't have before through nine movies or whatever. Well, does it, isn't he afraid of water in eight? Like he's he, he gets so, that cry. He's not thrilled about it, but he kills someone in the lake. Yeah. Like he walks to the lake to kill people. He's in water all the time. Like if you were that scared of water, that terrified to see it, you wouldn't be jumping in the lake. Like I'm going to get some kill on. So I watched the Camp Crystal Lake Memories documentary two parter. That's very long about this particular movie. And they interview the guys who wrote it, Shaft and uh Shaft. Shaft. I'm only talking about Shaft. Damn right. Swift and Shannon, I mean. Um, And they say that. Let's call him Shaft for short. It's the the writing (laughs) combo name. Yeah. The Uh, Shaft team. They would love that. (laughs) That was a rewrite. They had no intention of him being afraid of water, but there was going to be a subconscious turmoil with it because of him drowning as a kid. That's fair. Makes sense. That's completely fair. And I would I would not have thought twice except the fact that he freezes of like, oh God, liquid wetness. And it's like, bro, 
And I, I one do, could argue blood is a form of water. Imagine just holding up a glass of water in front of him. He's like, ah! <laughs> but I do like that he reverted back to child Jason because I think he's effective in that, that scene. That was really yes. cool. And there was president because he does that in, like you said, Manhattan mm-hmm. in the tunnel, right? Yeah. After in the, the sewer. toxic way, after the daily New York toxic waste dump. <laughs> oh, yes. I remember yeah. that. So there was precedent for that to happen. But now it, shout out to the directors, the writers, uh, cinematographer, whoever actually was the one in charge of some of these, um, these scenes because the, the scene where he, uh, Jason is on fire in the cornfield walking out into the little like rave um, the scene where Jason is dragging the body to his little island of heads yes before he gets inside the room where the, the, the door of like floating like you know bodies from Beetlejuice but like that shot alone of him walking through the swamp thing I paused it and was like, holy shit, this is beautiful. Like, that this whole is gorgeous. Idea. I want that fleshed out, man. That's his, like, subconscious, like, safe zone. Like, to that me, was that's so where he rad. kept all of his victims. Yeah. Is in that closet of water with all their spirits floating around. It was awesome. Was I was like, dope. dude, more of this, please. Yeah. That scene, literally, I, 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 I had to pause it. And I was like, this right here is what filmmaking is. But then I had to watch the rest of this movie. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Y'all don't know how to write a script. But now. <laughs> Also, I mean, I know it's a rated R film, so I guess it technically is for 18-year-olds, but I bet when you're when they were making this film, the target audience is like 16 to 8 to 20. Oh, they wanted to hit the 13 through yeah, adult like this, range. So like if you also view it, I guess like wrestling, through that perspective of like, this is for teenagers, like, all right, I get it. Well, let's understand, at the time, wrestling was doing a second like renaissance like the attitude era, I guess yeah. is what it was. You know, like that, that was huge. I wasn't even into wrestling, but like, I, I remember seeing people like who, who had given up on wrestling. I never heard of it. Like people, my boss were like, you were written the pay-per-view this week. And I was like, y'all didn't give a shit about wrestling like five years ago. What is going on? I'm going to save you some tweets. 2003 was probably the ruthless aggression era. Okay. <laughs> attitude you, era you. ended, but I'm going to yeah, save you some Yeah, wrestling fans, there. don't get at me. I don't know dick. John correcting you <laughs> wrestling knowledge in real time. Yeah, I'm it. just trying to save you a headache, man. No, I appreciate <laughs> it. I do not need Twitter coming after me. Not again. <laughs> what do you guys think of the acting outside of our two main bad guys? Bad. I give it a pass. <laughs> I give it a pass because oh. everyone is trying so hard. Granted, they missed the they missed the target by a lot, most of them, but everyone's trying so hard and sever- everyone's trying to really nail their character. I kind of respected the the miss, but yeah, it wasn't great. I'll give you a quick rundown. All right. Lori high school play. Ke- I, look, Monica Keenis seems like a wonderful person. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> but what a beautiful woman. God. She would just, sc- her screams were annoying uh, to me. I liked her screams. They were so goofy. Ah, they ah, were so goofy. I was stop like, oh, stop choking my boyfriend. Every time they gave her some kind of like, lo- like serious line to say, it oh, sounded like yes. she was reading off cue cards. Yes. When, when she went from panicky, like, I don't know what to do to, okay, listen up. I was like, no, I yeah. can't buy this at all. I think uh, Kelly Rowland did a good job for her first film she was fine uh the kid who played linderman i liked him who was linderman the nerd kid oh the nerd kid okay okay uh let's see fake the, jason muse was terrible right yeah thumbs down asshole boyfriend he was in the movie for a short time but he was an asshole he, he was good at what well. he did he yeah. did that well because again that was what he, um the the blonde the blonde frosted tip cop uh, jake, jake Busey. Busey. jake Busey. i love that character yeah, i thought it was good. so funny honestly he cracked me up every time he opened his mouth because the lines they gave him to say 
fucking insane. Every time he walked in a room, he's like, okay, let me break down a little history backstory that you should know about. And it was like, you need to shut up. Dude, that scene where they're hanging out in that 70s show basement yes. and he just walks <laughs> in. It's like, wait, the cop just walked in the house? What did he say? He's like, I, you, you were not hard to find with your giant Scooby-Doo van, which my roommate pointed out at the beginning of the movie. She's like, if they're trying to hide, why are they in a van with a giant mural on the side? Yeah, of a naked yeah. woman. And then they also left the keys in the and door. In the door. That yes. was the other thing. He was like, you left the keys in the door. And I was like, all right, these kids deserve to die. Yes. I was like, I guess movie. You can write yourself into that option of him walking into the house. And this is why this is how we did it it's good enough what i think part of it is probably the executives were terrified that people who didn't know who freddie or jason were were going to come into this yes. movie and be like what's yeah. happening that, that is exactly <laughs> in the first four seconds when he's like hi my name's freddie krueger you may remember me from such films as nightmare on elm street i recently died i've got to come back but you know how i do i gotta have dreams and fear well they forgot about me so i'm gonna get jason to come back and make him scared of me because no one knows we're connected in any form or fashion. So why would anyone immediately draw the conclusion that a killing by Jason is automatically associated with Freddie, which at first I was okay with, except when blonde cop goes, Hey, I think these killings might be related to the Jason incident that happened not too far from here. And I was like, well, they clearly would jump straight to the Jason case. Cause these no. are Jason killings. These are not fucking nightmare killings. But the, because in this, in this universe, yeah, lay I it can, down for me, John. I can absolutely see why load the cannons. <laughs> no, but it makes total sense for them to jump to the most obvious serial killer, which is the one that's been plaguing this community for 30 years. Except it hasn't been plaguing the community because they found a way to like stop it. And then the dude comes in, he's like, hey, these killings are probably Jason killings. Let's also point out that the Freddy has been forgotten in a span of four years. Yeah, very Wait, is that close. how short it was? Yeah. Yes, because that's oh. how long Will was in the sane asylum. Oh, God. So okay, somehow that's very short. none of the kids know who the fuck Freddy is all when of a sudden. When they're in the news archive and he's like, that's the day my brother killed himself. They wiped it from the history books. I was like first off maybe your brother wasn't that important number two <laughs> i was like yes this seems very fast to forget a decades long killing spree situation that has happened and then the cop and him were like what if it's that freddy guy oh no it's the giant lumbering man in the hockey mask also, i don't understand <laughs> how everyone heard the cops say it might have been freddy when they whispered yes. it to each other so off officer barney fucking ruined the plan the town's plan <laughs> yeah but also why wouldn't they just tell that other cop deputy do right there they're like look, you're an out-of-towner. This doesn't concern you, so fuck off. Like, so damn, dude. The plan, the, the Springwood's plan is to wipe the memory of Freddy from the town, therefore negating Freddy entirely. Yeah, they're like, we're going to put up roadblocks for memories. But clearly the heads of the town remember Freddy, so... But only, maybe... Why couldn't he just get in there? Reasons? Well, Freddy seems to only be able to kill teenagers. Are they all on Hypnosil? Well, no, because he kills uh, What's-Her-Face's mom. And the first one, he pulls with that little door frame. They also show oh, Freddy killing the mother in the flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, Lori's yeah. mother. Because you think it's the dad? Show me the autopsy report, dad. What? <laughs> well, the end of Freddy 1. Well, let me just one, pull that out of my pocket. Like, I keep it with me at all times. <laughs> the end of Freddy 1, very confusing. Yes. So, I think that was more just a, a jump scare thing. Yeah, I don't think but it's actually. But you're right. In this, within the universe of this movie, he does kill the, uh, Lori's mom. So fair enough. Like, the thing is, they introduced Jason. And they're like, okay, now here's Jason's backstory. And they gave us a full backstory. Also, it was weird to see count, camp, camp counselors fucking so hard in front of kids that were like 10 feet away. Away from them, I was like, "Y'all got to learn some control." Now, granted, it was Freddie in the dream, but it was just like interesting yeah, to see, like I think that was kid, like a- kid, 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 pan up counselor, uh, 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 and I was like, "Jeez, dude!" What does Lori say? Is like, "Hey, aren't you gonna help the kid?" Can't you see I'm busy here? Oh, you mean you're not coming? 
it's not my fault this bitch is dead on her feet. <laughs> okay, can we talk about Freddy's dialogue in this movie? Because I, I have a yeah. real problem with it. I don't remember him being so thirsty in all of his other movies, man. <laughs> he he, is, he, had he tells Lori, like, sometimes the first time can get messy. Yeah. And then he starts rubbing his claw finger up her crotch area. And I'm like, okay, bro, look, I get it. You have this thing where you molested kids. Maybe you're a fucking weirdo pervert. But like he everything he says is sex related. And then he uses the word bitch and whore every sentence yeah, almost. It was like they turned like a, like a parody of him almost. Like, Is it, was, it worse than Freddy's Dead, though? Because he said some pretty dumb shit. I don't remember movie. Freddy's Dead enough to basically say it. But like they <sighs> honestly, I had a really hard time with Freddy in this because every time he spoke, I was like, dude, just stop. He's like that 13 year old kid that's trying to use every cuss word he knows in one sentence just to sound cool. And you're like, dude. Just pull it back a tad. Yes, I do think it's worse than Freddy's Dead. Probably because, though, in that movie, he got to interact with males and other characters, so he had to be a little bit more creative. Mm. Uh, but I think that's probably where this started. Wes Craven tried to walk it back, and then this movie came and was like, turn that shit back to 11, please. Yeah, he said he wanted nothing to do with this, didn't he? Wes Craven, yeah. yeah. He was like, He's no, like... you keep that bad idea to yourself. <laughs> well, the thing is also, I wonder how much like leeway they let England have with the dialogue and stuff like that. I wonder if is just like ad lib stuff or this is actually written i don't know i Look, bet it you was say written. it's prime time bitch one time and that becomes your catchphrase using the word bitch yeah you know and again yeah. that's that's fine but almost seriously every time he addressed that character it was bitch or whore and yeah, i was like it's too much dude just switch it up man there's so many different things you could say and the thing is freddie and and this is what kind of pissed me off because as not a freddie fan but a jason fan like Freddie was charming. He was witty. He was clever. The things he said in like one through five, I guess I, sir, it's primetime bitch. Stuff like that was stupid, but at least it was funny and clever and pertinent to the thing. And this is just like, he's just being a misogynistic, like asshole, which again, sure you're a killer, but Too there much. was no thought put into any of it. Well, yeah. Cause like the reason he became this horror icon is even though he was evil, he was like personable in a way, like in a strange way, you know, and this, he was, just like, uh, I don't know. You're not clever or witty. You're just like you said, 13. Yeah. 13 trying to sound like you're a badass. And I, I think that's the, the, what really kind of bothered me so much about Freddie in this film is, you know, like you guys said that the personalities of these characters are so unique and so interesting. And I was, I was excited to see that play off each other. But even when he was talking to Jason in the scene where they're like fighting in the dream basement or whatever the fuck that place was where he's pinballing him around. I did not like the pinball thing. Yeah, but that was lame. It kind of fit with some of his powers later on. But to see Jason being pinballed around and not making a noise, I was like, this is this is Looney Tunes and I'm not super thrilled about it. Um, but like the way he talked to Jason, it was even just like, listen to me, you bitch, you're a big pussy. I'm going to fucking kill you. And you're just like, there's no thought beyond I didn't get my way. So I'm going to pout. And it was just kind of a waste. It, again, I'm more frustrated with the fact that you finally are making this happen. And this is what you go with. I'll say the fights between them were pretty good. I have no complaints. I mean, the pinball shit was stupid, but that is that, a that thing tracks he would with do. Freddy's. Yes. Yeah. And again, I, I first I was like, well, that's dumb. And I was like, well, no, because Freddy's done stuff like this before. This kind of tracks with yeah. how he handles things. But the, the fights themselves were pretty dope. Like, when he cuts off Freddy's arm with the, the, the hatchet yeah. the first time. He was like, oh, I lost my machete. arm. And uh, yeah, he's like, he's like, oh, my arm. I was like, oh, shit, I forgot about this. That's crazy. I was like, I wonder if he can regenerate it. And it's like, Boo! yeah. And I was like, this is cool. Cool. Again, I had a lot of fun with the fights. 
I even I love I love the premise other than the fact there's a big plot hole of why would you immediately associate a killing with Freddy when Jason is so well known so close by because evidently Camp Crystal Lake is what five minutes away. It's on the other side of the 7-Eleven. According to the data, it's about nine hours away. Yeah, the movie did not make that clear at all <laughs> because the cop comes in and is like, hey, remember that Camp Crystal Lake thing? This sounds like that. And everyone's like, what about that Jason dude? And it's like, how do you all know this? And why would Freddie be the first thing you jump to? Well, the cop was from out of town. They don't say where he's from. So perhaps that's why he knows about Jason. As for the nine hours thing, yes, the movie does not make that clear. You can kind of suss it out, though, when they're like, oh, we're running out of uh, tranquilizer. So I guess you could assume like, oh, it's been a long time. But yeah, the movie does a real shit job. Also, they leave when it's night and they get there when it's night even though it's nine hours away Classic. so yeah very classic true foe <laughs> shooting day for night um is is Lori's dad supposed to be someone I'm supposed to remember from previous movies? No. Nah. These are all original okay. characters. Because they were like, they're like, your dad's involved in this. And I was like, oh, is he a character from the earlier ones that I don't remember? Because I thought the the Hypnosil was That was from a three. Throwback. Yeah, and I think four, but in three, it was like a good thing. And then here, they like twisted it to be this evil drug. Well, I did just want to say that based on this math equation that I'm looking at, mm-hmm. if we were going we to- We brought math into this. A square <laughs> B plus B square. Much simpler okay. than that. Uh, if we were going to judge this bout by on-screen deaths, Jason is responsible for 19 and Freddy only two. Who's the second? I can think of one. He kills Mark and... Um, he kills the cop by electrocution. No, that's Jason. No, that's Jason. You're right. That's Jason. Oh, I guess does he count as... Does he... Mother. He kills uh, Lori's mother. Oh, oh, that is an on-screen. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's a flashback. That's that's like that's past. That's like like yeah. I've had sex this year. Like I thought about that one time back in 1996. All right. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, Jason. But that's his job. He's the murderer. <laughs> Freddie is a strategist. Stra- strategist. Strategist. Thank you. He, he he's lays, the stratego. <laughs> yes, he lays it all out and sends his you know his his pit bull to do the but work. That's the thing that kind of really fucking frustrated me is the the fact that he's like he's supposed to be. The strategist and he's got this great elaborate plan but the moment he like does it he's like this guy won't stop killing why won't you die and it's like bro you literally did no research here like you should know yeah. this you, you literally in your monologue at the beginning said i'm bringing you back because you can't die unless hear me out here's some headcanon the monologue at the beginning is him recounting the story at the end. So he's now in hell <laughs> and he's like, and he's, someone's be like, how'd you get here? And he's like, boy, do I have a story for you, man? Freeze frame. Yes. Uh, well, I bet you're wondering how we got here. Where's the rest of my body? <laughs> I well, would love if the narrative was done. And like, yeah. And that's why Freddie, you know, he's, he's talking himself up. So that's why he comes out on top in every fight. Why he's just like going toe to toe. Do you think every nightmare on Street is just a recap of something he did? That's why he seems no, so just cool. Just this him? one. Oh, okay. Just this one. Cause it opens with that narrative. So it's like the 300, right? He's got all of his little hell demons around a fireplace and he's telling them this story. And once again, you have put in more work than our <laughs> writing staff has in this fucking film. John, and we're going to have to take that cannon away from you and give you a trebuchet. <laughs> okay, yeah. Ooh. A head trebuchet. <laughs> but some of these reaches that I make, I right. can use one. <laughs> so uh, real quick before we get into any plot stuff, the soundtrack. Yeah, what's what, left what, of the plot. Yeah, yeah we- The fucking soundtrack. Does it slap, John? 
Uh, I mean, now I'm, hold on. You see my hand fisted up next to you. Yeah. Be very careful He's how saying, you answer. No, is it slap? It punches. <laughs> uh, actually, I don't. I don't know enough about 2003 rock music to. It sounds like every. He, knew he was listening to Destiny's Child, evidently. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it sounds like every song that was on the sort of alternative rock station in 2003. They all sounded the same. 995 so. Kiss, San yeah. Antonio's Rock. They could have played every one of these songs and told me it was the same band. And I'd be like, yeah, okay. They're all ill need. Yeah, they're all Grateful Fred. So Grateful <laughs> <laughs> Fred. Uh, every time you say it, I forget it. Honestly, I know this is someone's bread and butter, this style of music, and and more power to you. This kind of rock does nothing for me. And the fact that they kept bringing it into certain parts of the movie, I was like, you got to stop. I'm glad that this style of music has mostly gone away, at least in my visual perspective. Yeah. Uh, aside from the Devil Driver tune on the soundtrack, the rest of it can go throw itself in the trash can, as far as I'm concerned. I'll say, for me, it was inoffensive, but this isn't my type of music, so or it wasn't, it definitely wasn't back then. So, uh, you know. Good. Keep it that way. I planned on it. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going to suddenly become a early 2000s rock person. A Fredhead? A Fredhead, yes. I think I am a Fredhead, though. You definitely... And now, let me ask you a question. As the Freddy fan on, at this table, yeah. uh, in the studio, mm-hmm. at this um, this place that we're at... In Grave Talk Studios, you got it. Yeah, yeah. GTS. A hole in the ground. <laughs> um, how'd you feel they did your boy in this movie? Because uh, I had my opinions, and I thought they really wasted Freddy. Yeah, I think they did him dirty. Yeah, I wish he had done more of his own killings. He talked a good game. I didn't know it was only two kills. Like, honestly, that shocks the shit out of me. Yeah. You think someone would have said, no, no, we need to up that by 10 at least. Right. And there's a lot of like, you know, spare characters that could have been murdered unnecessary, like with no change to the plot. So I don't know why they didn't. Uh, or in wrestling terms, there's a lot of jobbers out there that they could have <laughs> just put the one over. So I don't know why they didn't. I didn't really like his personality. So yeah, I think they did him dirty here. He did really do a great job in going toe to toe with Jason. I'll say in the fist fight scenes, but yes. other than that, eh. even when he didn't have his dream powers and he's in the real world, he still managed to hold his own longer than another normal person. Yes. Except when he got thrown through like from <laughs> one cabin to another cabin across the way, yeah. that cracked me up. Oh, that's my favorite new Jason power is to just throw people two, 300 yards, like with his wrists. Everyone gets hit and flies on wires. I mean, wires were the thing at the time. It was amazing. This is post matrix. So oh. when Freddie does the matrix jump, I was out like, of the fucking on. lake. I was like, all right, Neo, I see you. Yeah, that was so <laughs> dumb. I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> He's all yeah. in the red backdrop. The only thing they missed was like the camera spinning around him. I <laughs> wish they edited a hawk sound. I did like this Pamela Voorhees. I thought that actress did good. They did try to get Betsy Palmer to come back, the original mother. Okay. But she was like, they didn't want to pay me. <laughs> so I said no. They didn't want to pay her. Yeah. Apparently they just like, you want to come cameo in this movie? And she's like, oh, get fucked. Yeah. Want, for like, free? Yeah. No, fuck that. Or See, they would pay her very that's little. That's shit you know? because yeah. you know they knew this movie, movie was going to print fucking money. Yeah. They knew it was going to print money. They should have ponied up and have her do it one more time. It would have been cool. But she had asked, she'd been asked multiple times to come back throughout the franchise and she declined each time. Now, this is also a weird time in movies. I want to say horror movies, but I'm not like super like, you know, knowledgeable at the time. But I remember like this is back before 
really realize the power of the original cameo. We're seeing it nonstop in fucking Marvel movies right now, which is driving me crazy. Mm -hmm. I do not want to bring back the Fox cast of X-Men. There's a reason we don't have Fox movies. Well, they already did. They had Professor X. Well, that that was okay, because that was a nice nod. But like in the Deadpool movie, they're bringing back all these X-Men characters and I know it's supposed to be a fucking like, you know, Professor X was in Doctor Strange. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah the Illuminati. I forgot about Spoiler that. alerts. Nowadays, we get a lot of original cast members back for these horror movies. And it's such a huge like everyone's like, oh, my God, that's so and so. I think at the time they also weren't like really leaning heavy into that because we didn't see a lot of the same people. We saw a lot of recasting at the time. I don't think the nostalgia was hitting that hard in 2003 yet. I think they started really leaning and realizing the power of that. Yeah. And again, there is a limitation. You can overdose on nostalgia. You definitely can. Well, we're as we have done now in 2022. If one person tries to convince me that Alf was good, I'm going to have to slap him because I enjoyed Alf at the time, but Alf is not good. I've watched the first two episodes of Alf in the last month and I'm going to keep going. (laughs) Is it good? (laughs) It's fine. God, I haven't seen Alf in like 20 years. He He, eats cats. That's that's what I remember about Alf. Ha! Yeah! I killed me! (laughs) Anyway, so we're introduced to uh, our lead character, Lori Campbell. They're hanging out at a house. We meet uh, Kia and our other friend, Gib. Whatever, girl in the hat. That's yes. what I call her. Yeah. We Sports call girl. They're playing a game of marry, fuck, kill, and they've chosen the three stooges. And Which I feel is only fitting if we all play that right now. Right. Uh, I am going to marry Larry. He was really? an amazing violinist. I would love for him to put me to sleep mm. with his nice tunes every night. I think Curly's going to be the more fun one to, to, to be with every day. But that, you don't marry the fun one. Yeah, you do. You sleep around with the fun I one. I think no. about every day, though. You sleep around with the, 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 the one that's going to be a little wild. Yeah, Mo. The quiet one. No, no. <laughs> Larry's got that hair. You can grab onto it. Mr. Bowl Cuts, the you, fun one to you? Oh, yeah. You, you kill Mo, you fuck Larry, and you marry Curly. I'm sticking with my man Larry. Okay. Yeah, I'm fucking Mo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, back to Freddy versus Jason. Right, they're having a little get together. Because they're trying to get uh, Lori to have a new boyfriend because she got, yeah, Will is her boyfriend. That's right vanished and doesn't talk to her and she's like heartbroken about it and so they're like look we're gonna bring over some guys and she's like oh i didn't know guys were coming and, and these 27 year old women are supposed to be in high school by oh the way. my god dude these people are so old the guys that show up i'm like okay y'all all have jobs right like i just don't understand why high school is the crux of like why they feel that every like Freddy movie has to be high schoolers. Yeah. Well, it's not just Freddy. It's like all, all of horror them. movies from the eighties is like always high schoolers. And that'd be a good project, a good homework assignment to figure out why so many of these horror movies are set in high school. Because the target audience is, is high in high school. Kids. And the thing is, okay. everything they show is what high schoolers want to be doing. We want to be drinking, yeah. doing drugs, having sex. Anyway. So the boys come over. There's a couple of stupid jump scares. One of the boys is an asshole. Well, he tries to get laid by talking about feng shui, which I was like, that's never worked in the history of anything. That would be Blake. Blake. There but you go. he's not the asshole. No, Trey is the Trey asshole. with the asshole name. Yeah. Mm. He's just like, hey, woman, let's go upstairs, stand and deliver. You're like, dude, you got to calm it down. But, but she's on board. I'm like, God, yeah. don't make me ask twice. Well, doesn't she say, I can't stand him, but he's got a cute butt. Yeah. Yes. Which again, when he gets killed, she's just like, oh my God, my life is over. It's like, you didn't like this guy. Well, I think though, if your significant other gets murdered, even if it was a more of a passing thing, you'd be like, oh, a little, a I'm little, shocked. A little less significant, a little more other. I Fair. think in this. Okay, but she also discovered this boy 
crushed in half. <laughs> that's gonna that's gonna rattle anybody's cage. Which I, I did not say. know beds could do. Well, but. this one's special. It's uh, you know. Well, my room was telling me that they had folding beds and stuff like that. But I was like, it's weird that you have a folding bed as your primary bed yes. in your room. Doesn't make any sense. That's Just uh, regardless. Well, regardless. Look, listen, Lori's dad works at a hospital. That's a hospital He's got bed. Hospital beds all over. <laughs> yeah. Hand me down hospital beds. That's exactly what it. it is. So yeah, uh, while this is all going on, Gibbs and Trey go upstairs to fuck, and she, in, uh, when you they're put some done, respect on that. Yeah, when they're done, Gibbs tries to cuddle, and he's like, "Ooh, don't touch me." You know what I like she to touch wasn't after even sex? Cuddling. She just literally laid her hand across his chest, and he was like, "Get off me, babe!" And I was like, "Dude, you've got to give a little something." So uh. she goes to take a shower, and in the meantime, Mister Voorhees has been summoned to the premises. Yeah, and he, he ninjas his way inside, upstairs, into the bedroom, even though he's a lumbering, like, seven and a half foot, 300 pound person. When they show Whatever. him walking throughout the rest of the movie, it's like, thump, yeah. thump, thump. In this house, quiet as a mouse. Tiptoes. So I want to do point out that I think this is Jason's first suburb that he's terrorized. Oh. As we all just, like, get that deep think <laughs> face yeah. on, we're all just like, hmm. That's true. It's a new setting for our Mr. Voorhees. That's probably why he's so confused. <laughs> right. he he's like, where are the woods? <laughs> I see no trees. Maybe there's, there's rooms upstairs. <laughs> I'm used to one floor cabins. Imagine if he had gotten up there and he can't get down. <laughs> like, what there's do no do? bunk beds. He just loses his shit. <laughs> he just smashes through the wall and collapses on the ground. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was nice to see Jason in this environment because it, it did feel very like kind of like, ooh, God, that's out of place. But it also didn't feel too far off because if you're familiar with Michael Myers, you're like, it's been done. I guess technically, uh, all right, I, if you want to count, Jason goes to hell, but it wasn't in Jason no, form. No, not really. It That's was a that slug. demon slug yeah. thing. Yeah, no, we're not counting that. Okay. So how does this kill take place? You basically described it already. Yes. Yeah, so Jason tiptoes into the room while Trey is face down on the bed, drinking a beer, just being a general jackass. He should have been smoking in bed. That would have been perfect for his character. But he, t- he doesn't like smoking. Oh, right. Because he, he practically shoves Gibbs to the ground. He's like, babe, get off me. You smell like fucking cigarettes. And she goes, relax. It's menthol. Doesn't make it any yeah, better. What? <laughs> I believe Jason comes over him. Stabs him in the You back. might want to rephrase that. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing gets Jason hornier than someone not cuddling. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't have to touch me when it's over. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. Listeners, thanks for hanging in there. 2023. Uh, we're coming out the gate hot. He stabs him in the back. Multiple. Yeah, just like, gah, gah, gah. Bam, yeah. That was actually really effective. And you actually see the blood and the intestines coming through the bottom of the mattress, which I thought was, again, the, the, the gore effects in this movie are fantastic. Aces. So he's like, stab, stab, stab. And when he's done with that, he's like, you know what? I don't think you're dead enough. So he takes the bed and folds it in half so that poor Trey's feet are basically at his ears, cracking his whole spine and shit. And he's like, ah, uh, and then he's dead. The studio wanted to remove this kill. They thought it was too much. What? What? And luckily, they didn't. They fought really hard to keep it in, and uh, I think that was the smart idea. If you remove this kill, this movie would have almost nothing. Yeah, it was like the best <laughs> kill in the movie. The rest are downhill from here. Oh, I don't know. I liked uh, I liked the electrocution kill a lot. So Gib comes out of the shower, yeah, obviously sees, freaked out. Because she sees blood coming under the door, and she steps in it and is like, what's this blood like, 
substance. <laughs> yeah, any 18 to 27 year old who looks at blood and goes, what could this be is a fucking moron. I was half we all know what blood is at this point in our lives. Right. I was half expecting her to like put it in her mouth like, what is this? <laughs> yeah. Like an 80s detective, but no. The next scene cuts to where everybody is at the front door running out. Yes. They all made it to the front door at the same time as they run out <laughs> into the streets. Somehow. Doesn't matter. So a cop's coming up and probably one of the funniest, I think, lines in the movie. He's like, do you ladies need assistance? And they're like, what the fuck do you think? Because they're all screaming. Gibbs is half naked. Was that Jake Busey cop? Was he the first one on the scene? Yes. He, yeah. run, he's, he's driving by in his car. Yeah. And he's like, what's going on? Oh, my God. Are you guys okay? Yes. Do you need assistance? And then they cut. Massive. They have a quick scene where the cops are in front of the house going like, you know, like, what do you think happened here? But do you think it could be Freddie? And he's like, Shh, we don't say that name. Shut your damn mouth. You should fucking do and then we cut to the cop station. I do like that when she falls asleep in the cop station, like as she's in the station, all the missing kid posters mm-hmm. turn and look at her as she walks by. Great visuals. Although cool. if you ever see a small child weeping by itself in an abandoned place in a hauntingly evil dream world, guess what? In the words of Mad Max, that's a trap. <laughs> don't <laughs> fuck with it, okay? That's bait. Yeah, yes, but that's what it is. Sorry. Thing is, dreams don't make any sense. You do stupid things in dreams. That's why they're dreams. Right. So as she's passed out of the cop station, she sees a little girl weeping in the corner. Her eyes are gouged out, and she's like, Freddy's coming back. Now, who was this? Nobody, Some just a girl. random Killed, victim. Yeah. Because she's like, he's, he's trying to gain power. He's coming to get you guys, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, is this some like benevolent being who's trying to warn them? And I was like, and who could this be? Nah, it's just a victim. I think in John's point, it's just dream shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I don't think she has any relevance. Well, that's why story. I asked. Cause I was like, I was like, I was like, is this supposed to well, be something? We, we see kids like that in other movies. I think it's in four where in Freddie four, when she goes to the empty house mm-hmm. and he's like, and the kid's like, Freddie's not home. The, this girl is playing the role of the guy at the gas station that says, you're all doomed. Yeah. You know, damn well, what war? I don't know why I was asking. Like, I wish they would, they should have explained this because they explained everything in the movie. I'm just, they would have, if it was there. Right, so then it cuts to Blake on the porch drinking and his dad comes out and he's like, what were you even doing over at that house? And then he goes, were you drinking? And he's all like, back off me, dad. And then he has a flask right next to yeah. it. It's like, I think you answered your own question there, pops. He, and then in his very strong best acting, I'm surprised this kid didn't win an Oscar. He's like, my best friend was just murdered, dad. Why don't you back the fuck off? Like, he's oh. like, why yada and walks away <laughs> right to the moon. And then Blake falls asleep. And we see our first attempted Freddy kill. Instantly falls asleep. Yeah, well, I mean, he's been drinking all day and night. I do like that as he's passing out, he's like, don't worry, Trey. I'm going to avenge you. Yes. <laughs> when he said that, I was like, I was like, oh, my God, dude. He doesn't do a very good job, though. No, well, he makes it through this scene, though. So Fred, this is like a, almost a play on the first uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Freddy's shadow yeah. is coming out kind of like the first movie. Oh, the, yeah. That's what I was going to say. He goes in the dream world and like Freddy's standing at the end of the street, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And a shadow in his shadow form sort of reaches out and tries to kill Blake by uh, stabbing him, sli- like slash through him. him. And Blake goes, okay, I'm all right. And then yeah. walks away. That's his exact <laughs> dial. I wrote it down. It's okay, amazing. I'm all right. And I was oh. like, what the fuck? Who wrote that dialogue? Yeah, they just exit stage left. Then Blake wakes up and he's his dad's sitting next to him. And he's like, sup, dad. And his head just sort of slides off perfectly. <laughs> and then a spurt of blood comes mm-hmm. and Blake's dad's dead. 
And then Blake's dead. Yeah. Then because Jason guess kills who's him. there. Yeah. yeah. Dun, dun, dun. I was like, is he going to skip with the part where Jason kills them? Uh, and it was a pretty weak kill. He just stabs him, right? They don't even show it. It's just uh, blood splatter on the window. Pathetic. Yeah. He slashes him. In so the did machete. Jason cut off his dad's head yes. and then gingerly put it back on his yes. body? And or wait for him to so, wake up. Or it was so clean, he just stayed there until someone moved the body. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense because there's not even like any blood pooling around the neck to show that there is. A, it's like perfect. His head's perfectly on there. Yep. John, one word, samurai. Oh, <laughs> Jason got out his katana and wah. Anyway, and, so then the movie becomes Clockwork Orange. And we go into this institution where they're panning out these pills and... Clockwork Orange. That's your institution go-to. Yeah. I would go with Ratchet. one flew with a cuckoo's nest. Oh, that's what I meant. That's the thing. Okay. I don't I know like, my 70s movies. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. <laughs> one flew over the cuckoo's nest not is right. what I intended. I even said Nurse Ratchet. Because I wrote down all he wanted was a Pepsi. Just one Pepsi. <laughs> Way to swing and a miss, Great John. talk podcast. That's how I talk to myself, too. Self-talk. It's important. <laughs> uh, so th- there he is. He's getting their pills, and one of them's Hypnocell, and, and we meet Mark and Will. Which I thought were returning characters from another movie. No, there are no returning characters in this movie. Because they, they act like I should know who these people were, and I was like, oh, Mark and Will, they must be from a previous movie. Nope. No. These are all OGs. They're like, what are even, are these pills? And they're like, mind your fucking business, dude. But on the news, we hear multiple people dead on Elm Street. Yeah, Will, free. Yeah, Will basically sees a TV behind the guards in the uh, the pill station, and it's like just breaking news. All these people dead. He's like, turn that up. I think I know someone from that house. He's like, that's Lori's house. Turns out, Will is Lori's disappeared boyfriend. Yeah, who's been put away by the town. Yeah, for incarcerated no- this boy because he knows about Freddy Krueger. Well, there's a ton of kids. Like any kid that basically, I guess, like would refuse that was refusing to like ignore Freddy or was heavily affected by it. They were just drugging him and locking him away. Like I want to see that city ordinance take place. So how many parents are okay with their kids getting locked away? I mean, I guess you could convince like, hey, they could either die or we could lock them away. That's a choice that maybe some parents would make. But some parents, especially like in modern day America, would be like, I'll take it all myself. I've got guns. Yeah. Like no, no one would just basically lock all these kids away the way they do. Doesn't make any sense, but it is what it is. So then Will and Mark make a plan to break out. Yeah. Uh, next day they're in the high school and this is uh, to take it here for your favorite part, Mark. Best well, scene in the movie. Not really. <laughs> You've built this far too up. <laughs> yes. So uh, Lori and Key are walking through the halls of the school and they say, well, they're saying it's the next Columbine. I was like, wow, you dated this movie. Big time. You remember how quaint the world was when it was only Columbine? Yeah, there's just one. <laughs> just uh, the one? Holy time. shit. But anyway, they're saying Blake killed his dad and killed himself. And I was like, how did he chop off his own head? <laughs> you want to explain that to me, cops? You get a machete. What, you, what you're going to do is you're going to get the machete. You're going to swing really hard <laughs> and just hope for the best. Hey, one word. Samurai. Bam. Okay. Everyone that sounds a samurai. So anyway, okay. they're freaking out about that kill. And out of nowhere, Mark and Will pop up. I had the most terrible nightmares. Laura, you had to sleep at a police station. I'd have nightmares, too. No, no, no. It wasn't like that. I mean, this was really real. I mean, there was this man, but he was more like a monster, really. And they kept calling him Freddy, and he was so real. What? You know, there were these little girls, and they they were singing. They were singing, like, this this song, like... One, two, Freddy's coming for you. You know why they sing that? Because that's when he comes for you. One, two, Freddy's coming for you. It means he's coming for you. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, that's what it means? Thanks, writers. Yeah, that was tremendous shit. And in some nonsense trivia that means nothing, Kate from Lost is at the locker behind them. 
Really? Who's Kate the from actress, Lost? The actress Kate oh. from the show Lost. I guess I should have watched Lost. She's also... You, you saved yourself a lot of heartache. Okay. She's also an elf in The Hobbit. She's also Wasp. Yeah. In Ant-Man and Wasp. Oh, cool. No, not... You're close. It doesn't matter. Anyway, the point uh, is, so Will basically shows up and then Lori's like, oh my God, Will, I thought you were gone. I thought you were... He's like, no, I've been locked up, baby. They put me away. We got to get you out of here. And at this point, she faints... I think Lori faints and they're like, the principal's coming. We got to yeah. get out of here. So Mark and Will book it out the front door. I thought they were going to steal that cop oh, car, but they did not. Sense. Yeah, no. And so they book it. I do like the next scene that shows Kia sitting in the nurse's office, thumbing through a surgical, like yeah. uh, plastic surgery catalog. Well, she's made it. She's made it clear that she wants a nose job because she doesn't like her nose, which well, what, is stupid the, because she's got a beautiful nose. Yeah. It's like, dude, you're Kelly rolling. Calm down. Yeah. What's the point of the scene anyway? Uh, all I like is that she falls asleep and then Freddie comes out of the page with his claws and sticks him up her nose and goes, got your nose yeah. and slices her nose off. Yeah. I, and this is the classic Freddie that I was looking for. I, yes. la- I laughed so much at that scene. I was like, that's what I want. It was creepy because they pull her nose like fully off her skull. Yeah. Ace's scene, but I guess it's a show. Freddie still not strong enough for some even though nothing's really changed since last night so but it was to give him some screen time it cuts to i think mark right in the newspaper during their research trying to figure out what the fuck because they're like why are we in this institute mark and will realize that they fucked up the town's plan and they're like oh man did we just blow it (laughs) and i'm like yeah "Yeah, you did actually mark says this and the biggest exposition dump of things we've already seen and been told already. Yeah. And that's where he decides like, he's like, Oh man, they even scrubbed my, my brother's suicide, which he didn't think was a suicide. So that's the thing is it's all starting to piece together and like, Oh man, we blew it. What's really funny also is during this scene when they're doing the the research and stuff like that, one of the lines that I wrote down that Mark says is like, man, we got to do something. Kids are going to start falling asleep eventually. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, you fucking think? Probably a few hours, Mark. Like, Like, I hate to break it to you. This is something that happens regularly. It was just so like the way he said it, though, is that they had to remind us that that's where the kid is like this movie. It's like one step away from me, like sleep. Are you familiar with it? Well, what do you do in times of great mourning? We've lost Blake. We've lost the dad. We've lost Trey. Mm-hmm. You go to a cornfield rave and you party your ass off, it's right? It's got the juices, That's man. That's what you do to mourn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a big giant corn rave going on. Saddest rave ever. It was about 100 to 400 people, I'd yeah. say. For a high school party that was created in one day, I was impressed. I was like, damn. I, I live next to the beach. So all of these get togethers were the same only at a beach. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure you guys had a a cornfield. We had warehouses and abandoned places that we went to. (laughs) Uh, The woods. Um, Gibbs so is wandering Gibbs is, off by herself because her boyfriend comes back. Well, what what has happened she is she's falling. She passes out, out in the cornfield. And she has a whole scene where Freddie basically does his thing. Now we actually realize Freddie's strong enough to actually start hurting people mm-hmm. because a random rave kid is going to try to rape her body in the cornfield while she's in the dream world. And that's when Freddie's like, he's about to kill Gibbs, and he's about to like, finally, I can kill and do physical damage and make my kills. And Jason steals the kill out from under him, and he's like, this fucking guy right here is stealing my kills. I got to stop this. Dude. Dude. Mm-hmm. This is the point where Freddy turns on Jason. Is like, okay, True. I've let the dog off the leash. I got to find a way to get him back on. So Jason shows up and he introduces himself to uh, not Jack Black and his little partner in crime, who immediately see the seven foot guy in a hockey mask with a machete and just start talking shit to him. Check out this fucking guy. Well, hey, Jethro, this is a rave, not a Halloween party. Why don't you go find yourself? A pig to fuck! Yeah! <laughs> Invite only corn poke and you weren't invited! 
no matter if this guy was a bumpkin or whatever they thought, this man was so massive. Yeah. Like your self-preservation is gone, you idiots. Like he's going to hurt you. Yeah. I don't understand <laughs> why this is how they react, but it doesn't matter. Jason just cuts the head off of the one guy. I think the one guy, no, what, what happens oh, he is he, head and- the man has no neck bones and he just <laughs> spins his head around like a top. That's right. And <laughs> that guy drops. Not Jack Black's like, ah, oh. then he has some smarts though. He throws Everclear on Jason and sets him on fire. And I was like, you know what? Not a bad idea. You don't know this is a supernatural killing machine. It's- I'm no Mr. Wizard, but I'm not sure how long Everclear burns for and if it would really ignite a whole cornfield. No, I'm pretty sure it would not. Because uh, yes, he sets on fire. So Jason then walks through the cornfield, just set in a blaze behind him, lands on the rave and Excellent kills. Excellent effect. Though. Tremendous. Kills about 70 high school kids. I did like that he chucked his machete straight through Jack Black's back. Yes, not Jack Black. <laughs> yeah, bar- bargain bin Jack yes. Black. Yes. And he goes down, and yes, it's it's mayhem. The kids are running around screaming, like running up to Jason. He's like, you too? Here, yeah. have a chop. Clop, clop, clop. They were running right into his machete. These kids keep throwing themselves. <laughs> kids keep dying all over my cornfield. <laughs> And the, the the Scooby gang gets it together while everyone's getting murdered, gets into a van. Bam. So they go to uh, that 70s show. And while that happens, it cuts back to the police station. And this is where the deputy goes to the sheriff. And uh, like Garrett said, is like, I think this matches the pattern of that Jason killer. And the sheriff's like, listen here, you fucking out of towner. <laughs> well, he says like in the next town over. And that's why I had to stop the movie and go, wait a minute. How fucking close are these places? True. Apparently, the next town over is eight hours away. This sheriff is so dismissive. He's so dumb. There's no evidence of Freddy. In zero. Yeah. It's like, if any murder occurs, they attribute it to Freddy. A man falls off a ladder. Freddy. (laughs) Freddy did it. (laughs) Like, dude, you could run rampant in that town and just be called the Freddy Krueger. Natural causes. Freddy did it. So easy to do murder in, in Springville or whatever this place is. So he's like, listen, you're an out-of-towner. You don't know what you're talking about. Uh, I've heard some dumb shit in my day, but you, the dumbest, get out of here. So the deputy's like, all right. And he leaves, and he walks into uh, the basement where the rest of the gang have been strategizing. Yeah, we cut back to the kids who are trying to figure out what they're going to do because, oh my God. And this is where we actually get like our, our first really important... Well, this far in the movie, our first really important scene to see that like, okay, this is starting to kind of backfire heavily because while they're discussing like, oh my God, you know, this could have been Freddy because that's the name we know. And it's like, guys, like, like, no, it's the dude in the hockey mask. That's who we should be afraid of. Like, this is where we start getting to like, pick your side. Who's more scary? Who should we really be afraid of? And this is where the audience gets a taste of like, okay, you know what? Yeah. Who is the bigger force here? Which is all going to start culminating to the big fight that we're going to get to. Freddy versus Jason. Place your bets. There's a whole scene that happens where uh, Lori and her father get into a confrontation because Will had told her that her dad killed Lori's mother. And that's where she's like, show me the autopsy. He's like, here, drink this medicine and you'll be better in the morning. And we'll talk about it then. And she's like, fuck you. And she escapes out of the house. Yeah, her and Will and Will's waiting for her around the block and then basically goes like, the only one person who can help us at this point is Mark. He yeah. knows what he's talking about. They run over to Mark's house, or they're driving the, the van over to Mark's house, and this is where Mark is starting to have his own Freddy sleep flashback dream thing where he sees his dead suicide brother in the uh, the bathtub. Yeah, he comes out of mm-hmm. the water. It was a really nice effect. Like, all the water is overrunning from the tub, bloody, and then he just kind of flops out of it and is like, hey, bro. <laughs> and then what happens? Is it, is it the, the tendons out of his leg? From so like the these tile. coils out of the blood, yeah. These coils just 
launch into his Achilles heel oh. and just his ankle and stuff. So it's like ties him down. to the ground. Yeah. yeah. I hate feet damage. And this is the worst. <laughs> oh, it was so gross, but well done. And Freddie's got his power back and he starts tossing Mark around, slashes his face and Will and Lori come up to the window and watch him die and see this. And this is where Freddie says, I have to, now that I have my power back, I need to make sure they know it's me. I got to send a message. And as Will, as Mark is getting burned inside the room and basically being cut up and stuff like that, he flops up against the wall and burned on his back. It said, Freddy's back. Now, is that Freddy's back possessive, as in this is now Freddy's back? Mm-hmm. I think there was an apostrophe on it. <laughs> I, if I remember correctly, there was an apostrophe. It was supposed to be, a, a, I think, a play on words. Right. I liked it. <laughs> it worked for me. <laughs> it, was, it was blood comic sans. So, yeah. That's a good font. But yeah, so he's dead. So they freak out and they're like, okay, we got to get the fuck out of here. We got to basically like, you know, find out what's going on. And I think that's where they go grab everybody yeah. and then do the uh, the 70s show. And uh, here Lori falls asleep. Which I always oh. appreciate when these movies do a good job of like transitioning to the yes, sleep you world without she... you knowing you've gone to the sleep world. Yeah, they do a great job here because they're like, what do we do? Should we offer up a sacrifice? Or like, we need a virgin. And they all look to Linderman, who's the nerd of the group. And he's like, hey, even if you pay for it, it counts. I was like, all right, dude. <laughs> Kia's like, we all know who the real virgin is. And they all look to Lori and we're like, you could Which never. Which a real bold assumption. Yeah. Well, she's like, I know you could never have gotten with Will when he could have a real woman like me. So Freddie attacks Lori in the dream and they get into like a scuffle on the sofa. And this she, is the creepiest like moment of Freddie because he's like, he shows up as her dad and he's like, don't worry, honey, come home with me. I'll help you out. And he's like, now give daddy some sugar and starts like trying to fucking like make out with her again. That kind of tracks with Freddie's behavior. But if you've been seeing it the whole movie up to this point, it just seems gratuitous at this point. It's no longer shocking. It's just creepy. I agree. It's like just too over the top. So they get in a scuffle and she grabs, she like rips his ear off. Mike Tyson style. Yeah. Well done, Lori. And she at, wakes up. She's she, got the ears. And now, again, the same thing we see in every yes. movie. I can bring him back out of the dream world. I did like how the ear just kind of fizzled out. Yeah. Into like larva. Yeah. That was cool. And what's his face stomps it? The sheriff. Yes. He's like, stomp, stomp, stomp. And I was like, okay, that's fair. I like that little touch. And now they're like, hey, look, we got to go back to the hospital to get Hypnosil. That'll keep us from falling asleep. That's our next quest. It'll keep us from dreaming. Yes, Dream. that's what I meant. Yeah, because that whole conversation they have is like, you know, who should we be afraid of? What can we do to stop this? And it's like, why didn't you dream about him in the place? And they're like, yeah, hypnosil. Well, Mark and Will still have the keys that they lifted off the officer of the insane asylum. So they make their way inside and they go into, uh, they decide to split up, right? I think it's just a psychiatric center. We keep going to insane asylum, but yeah. <laughs> well, they do decide to split up, Mark, but it's in a, in a deleted scene. I know the scene you're thinking oh, of. In okay. the real movie, they just are in two different places now. Gotcha. Okay. They walk into a room with people in like in comas because they were what testing the drug and they use too much. Yeah. Yeah. These are people who wouldn't stop dreaming and they use too much hypnosil and they've been put into like comas. And Lori's dad is responsible for this. Is that what they were hinting at? That's what they they, said. They said, yeah, Yeah. they showed it on the, (laughs) Oh, the the chart said, Oh, he even has a signature. It's right here. Lori's dad. Pretty much. They leave Jason Muse's character, fake Muse. Well, he's like, hey, let's get high because now's the only moment that I have to smoke weed and I'm the Jason Muse character. So this is what I do. So they leave him behind and he gets stoned and apparently falls asleep and like a a caterpillar Freddy Krueger crawls in through the door. It's the one from the Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, it's supposed to be the Alice in Wonderland caterpillar. And so then he smokes a hookah. Was this movie in 3D at all? I don't think so. Okay. I feel like it wanted to be though because yes, they do a lot of at the screen shit, but I don't remember it being in 3D. 
Anyway. So the J- the, the Freddy Caterpillar then at this point is like, okay, cool. I'm not going to kill you. I'm going to crime inside your mouth, which was very creepy. And he's going to make the Jason Muse character then dump out all the hypnosil so the kids can't get the hypnosil. So help me remember, is this the first time that Freddy has overtaken someone's body and used them like a puppet? Depends on what you consider Freddy too. <laughs> what? Oh, <laughs> Okay, that's the gay Freddy. Right? Yeah, okay. he does inhabit. He does a puppet thing, doesn't he, at one point? Well, he controls someone as a puppet, yes, but not in the sense where I think they could do, he, like, not he doesn't possess He somebody. doesn't go inside there. Okay, I gotcha, I gotcha. But He's he, doing stuff in the dream world looks like they're possessed. Yeah, yes. I see what you're saying. Okay. But in this one, he, like, straight up possesses someone, which is close to what he does in Freddy too. so I guess it's where they got it from. We're counting it. Okay. Yeah. So they, he, they pours all the hypnosil down the drain, and all his friends are on the other side of the glass seeing this, like, stop! What are you doing? So Jason is basically at this point also made his way to the um, the sanitarium or whatever the fuck. Sanitarium. <laughs> whatever it is at this point. And so he's working his way through. Fake stoner kid. Not fake stoner, but the stoner kid is dumping out the hypnosil. Fake Jason Muse. Yeah, they're fake Jason Muse. Sorry yeah. about that. Oh, 15 bucks, little man. Put that shit in my hand. Nong, 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 nong. And then the sheriff comes in. He's like, dude, what are you doing? We got to get you out of here. There's some shit going down. This is frosted tip, blonde, you know, sheriff kid. And um, he's like, okay, cool. (laughs) Jason busts in at this point. And he's like, you got to get out of here, kid. I'll stop this guy. Now, that kid is possessed by Freddy. He's like, holy shit, this dude's going to steal all my kills. So he runs off and starts filling up some giant syringes with, I guess, what, a mobile eight or whatever that coma drug was it looked like fucking the pink medicine for your tummy (laughs) (laughs) so he's filling up two giant syringes because he's going to basically stop jason with these but while he's filling those up the sheriff is trying to go toe-to-toe with jason and jason swings his machete into a giant electrical panel which looks like mission control this room is like top to bottom like electrical equipment this is death spa level central station (laughs) yes and so Jason's getting shocked. Well, the cop tries to run past him, but he grabs the cop and electrocutes him and melts him. And that's actually a great kill scene. This is one of my favorite kills in the thing. And so as this happening, all the kids are like, oh my God, we got to get out of here. Stoner kid who's still possessed by Freddy is standing in the hall with behind his back. He's got some giant syringes. Jason being Jason starts coming after the kids. He's ready to go in for the kill. Bam. Injects him in the neck. Knocks Jason down. Now, I don't know but how... before getting sliced in half. Okay, yes. that's what I was like. I couldn't remember how Freddy got taken out of this kid. Sliced in half. Kid's Because Jason cuts the stoner kid in half. Yes. The, the deputy is with Linderman. That's the kid he tells Linderman. to get out. Yeah, not right. not, right. not fake not Jason right. Muse. Doesn't matter, though. <laughs> We're just going <laughs> to roll with it. Uh, There's too many characters in this it movie. Is. He's with because uh, Linderman picks up the gun. Not important though. It doesn't even come into play. No, you know what? Keep that in, ladies and gentlemen. This is how we do the podcast. <laughs> this is how fucking hard it is to be the Grave Talk podcast. So every time you're like, you guys missed this part. You didn't talk about this. Guess what? We know. We are very aware. <laughs> we have probably mashed into our own stupid little mind play, and that's what we're going with. You so get anyway. a microphone and you do this. Yeah. <laughs> you call us with your synopsis and we'll edit it in. Piece by piece. Uh, so the kids are free. Woohoo. Movie's over. Jason's dead. And uh, no, so they, they are like, okay, we're going to take Jason back to Crystal Lake. Okay. Now, where do they decide this? Who when knows? did this happen? Because on the road, this just seems to be the plan of like, hey, let's go to Camp Crystal Lake. And I was like, did I miss something? I rewound the movie because I thought I missed something. I think it came up when earlier, back in the, that 70s room, uh, Lori goes, 70s. Jason died by water. 
Freddy died by fire. Oh, can and, we do something with that? And they think that's. And you know how they know that Jason died by water because when Frosted Tip Cop came in, he gave the whole <laughs> yes. backstory of how Jason died and the whole like synopsis. Again, the movie making sure you really knew what happened. They should have went over every movie. Like, and then he died and came back. And then he died and came back. And then back. in part two, he did this. <laughs> right. That would have been, been great. Yeah. He had a bag on his head. And then he found a hockey mask. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I'll tell you what, Gary, I did not think about when they let. In retrospect, now that you mention it, you're right. I don't know how they decided this. Somebody at some point said, we can bring, when, when she brought the ear out of Dream World, she's like, we can bring him in and have Jason kill him. But how do they decide to go to no, Camp Crystal Lake? I remember then? this. They We're go, putting him on his own turf. Yes, he's going to have home said. field advantage. That's what a stupid right. fucking concept. <laughs> it's a camamp. There's nothing special about it. Yeah. Uh, well, he, they want beautiful. Get, Let's go. We're at the camp. Jason We're at Camp Crystal Lake. Yes. So they're, the Jason is in the back. They've been chewing him up with all the fucking tranquilizer, whatever. And he's and now he's in a dream. And this is the first. I think this is the first fight, right, between Freddy yeah, and Jason. Yeah, because Jason's knocked out. So now he's on Freddy's turf. And Freddy and them are going to have their their first of the big showdowns. And this is where Freddy's talking mad shit. And he's like, you know, they start fighting. That's where he cuts the arm off. We get we get beautiful beautiful fight scene, and I do like J- Jason's realization. Like, oh, something's not right here. Like, I chopped off his arms and he got him back. Yeah, and then he starts getting thrown around and really tossed around like a rag doll. Which goes back to Jason being really stupid in this movie, though, because he should have known this dude brought me back from the dead or whatever it was. Like, well, he was pretending to be his mom. Yeah, remember? Oh, that's right. he morphed into his mom and was like, Jason, you got to go kill the kids of Springwood. They're being bad. How many times though, does your dead mom have to pop back up in different variations and iterations for you to go like, you know what? This may be bullshit now. <laughs> he should start questioning that. Yeah, but he doesn't. Jason- fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. Can't get fooled again. Yeah. But during this pinball fight, the color changes from red to green and all this water starts pouring out. Well, because that's where Freddie finds out. Like they cut a pipe. And Freddy's like, oh, you're scared of water. And Uh for no good reason, Jason doesn't want to slice through this just sheet of water coming down. Too scary, man. Two inch sheet of water. (laughs) He's like, oh, you are scared of something. All the water spraying throughout the room. Jason reverts to kid Jason. It's like raining on him. Yeah. It's not even like drowning him. It's just literally raining on him. And yeah, he turns into little kid scared Jason, which was a amazing, amazing, effective way to show that Jason was vulnerable. And Freddy goes, let's get a little deeper. And he sticks one of his finger claws into the temple of Jason. And we see all the little neurons firing off there. And then all of a sudden we're at Camp Crystal Lake in the 1950s watching baby J- baby Jason, <laughs> kid Jason be tormented by all the other kids there. Mm-hmm. And I, lo- I really liked the scene. I, th- I thought everything here was good. Yes, yeah. I agree. And at the same time, this is happening. Um, Lori, it was like, I'm going to go into the dream and see if I can pull him out. So she ends up going to the same dream that's happening. She ends up at Camp Crystal Lake also. Don't really know how she managed to do that. That's not within her realm of abilities, well, but okay. That was the dream that was happening. She just happened to pop into the yeah, wrong because dream. because if you fall asleep next to your buddies, you all have the same dream. You get dream. their dreams. That's how it works. If I'm touching John when he kisses me goodnight and lays me to sleep, yeah. you know, hey, I get to dream what he dreams. Let me airdrop my dream to you, man. We're having fun over here, like, you know, it's, riding bikes. It's all Top Gun related. They're trying to use the power from three, but they forgot that Kristen was the one who had to fall asleep and she pulled everyone into her dream. She right. didn't just go dream jumping. So anyway, though, it's funny, though, because like she she walks up. We talked about whole like she walks up with the counselors that, that are fucking and like Freddie is like, oh, I'm sorry. I can't you know do anything with this dead chick. She runs out to the dock where young Jason is drowning in the water, goes to pull him out. 
he comes out of the water looking hideous as Jason does. And she goes, Oh God, no. <laughs> and lets him drown. I was like, what a terrible, I mean, I understand being scared, but like, she's like, Oh, you're too ugly to save more yeah. or less. And I was like, wow, that is a bold choice. Never the mind. I didn't know you looked like that back in the water. But doesn't Freddie pop out of the water and jam him into the water? Isn't that what happens? Like Freddie comes out and pushes the kid under. Yes. Uh, yeah. Cause she's pulling him up. And then that point he's like kind of, flopping on top of so the it wasn't water completely her fault i see what you're saying but she was in shock and then freddie did the rest is yeah. what i'm saying jason is now drowning in the real world and he's like sputtering up water in the van this is where they have to decide to do mouth to mouth to save jason because if he dies they have no plan to stop freddie uh, it's so dumb and we get this long drug out scene where uh kia has supposed to kiss jason on the lips and give him out no he's if you are currently do you know what they how they could have helped him Put him on his stomach. Right, turn him over. Yes. So for all my our listeners out there, if you see someone going through this situation, just turn him over. Start with that. Don't jump to mouth to mouth. You're not helping. You're just going to clog his airways even more. Oh, and I want to point out one of the other great lines, because we've seen all this happening in the dream world. One of the lines that Kia says, it's like he's drowning. Freddie must be killing him. How oh, the fuck would she know this? There is a lot of assumption made for characters that don't have the right information or facts before them to come to that conclusion. What the fuck was that all about? That could have used a rewrite. Yeah. yeah anyway, movie could use a rewrite. <laughs> so so uh, basically, Kia's got to give him mouth to mouth. But before she can, they he Jason wakes up, pops up out of the dream, and the car, the van flips. Jason goes flying like what? 90 feet. It doesn't even like the physics does not make sense how he ends up just shot out of the van like a cannon. <laughs> oh, yeah. He rockets out of <laughs> yeah. that fucking thing like 100 yards. <laughs> it's no, he would if the van's rolling, why would he shoot out the back? Like it doesn't matter. But it's a hilarious scene because you see him in the air just soaring. And also, then the next Linderman thing is, almost shoots fucking Will in the head with that gun he stole. Yeah, that was really uh, close, which causes the wreck in the first place. Yes. And the thing is, though, is then we cut to Freddie being like, ah, fuck. Okay. And then like he starts going with Lori. He starts going toe to toe with Lori in the dream world. Because that wakes up Jason. Yes. Yeah. And so the thing is, that was like when the, the van flips and Jason goes shot put across <laughs> the fucking like, you know, way we cut to the next scene and everyone's just out of the van. Like just walking around, and I was like, "How did any of you get out of this? No, like, how did anybody like not get a broken injured? ankle? All kinds yeah. of things should have happened, but they're fine." Lori was incapacitated, laying on the floor of the van, asleep, <laughs> and Notably, like this van, this van flips like three times, and she's just like. Hey guys, what's going on? What did I miss? Yeah. <laughs> Lori was right next to Jason. Did not get shot out of the van like a cannon. Also, didn't wake up. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, true. Which I thought was hilarious because <laughs> they drug her to the camp, and then the next thing is we cut to them inside a camp cabin, going like, "Oh no, Jason's on his way." And I was like, "Wait a minute, how did anybody get here?" This must have been the two-hour version where we missed this because holy crap, she's look, still look, asleep. We're running out of money. Everyone's <laughs> yeah. okay. We got to get to the end of this. Look, speaking of getting to the end of this, I think we're in the final death throes when of this Lori movie. When Lori is out, she is out. She is a heavy sleeper. <laughs> she did okay. say, now I lay me down to sleep. Yeah. That's it. Eight hours. That's, that's not a prayer. That's an incantation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so they're in the cabin. Uh, the cabin in the woods. Cabin in the woods, if you will. Uh, by a lake. By a, oh, notably, yes. Yeah. Uh, a, a crystal. crystal. <laughs> Ooh. Yes. So she's in like, other words, the, no. yes. So she, she grabs on the Freddy and she's like, wake me up, wake me up. And Freddy's like, ha ha, you're not waking up, bitch. Uh, Cause of course he has to say that every time. And he's getting frisky. He's like, 
look, sorry, honey. Sometimes the first time gets messy. Yeah, it's so gross. And- also, the other gross line he said is like, your eyes say no, no, but my mouth says yes, yes. yes. I did. Every <laughs> line was just, just, just creepy, disgusting, like not even like in character anymore. No, they turned his rapiness up to like 50 in this movie. But this one goes to 11. Yeah, pretty much. So annoying. But she does eventually grab him and wake up, right? And now they're in the cabin. Because she burns her arm. They're dragging her body as Jason's attacking the cabin or something like that. While they're trying to get her awake, Jason busts into the cabin and Linderman starts attacking Jason with a flagpole. Which I thought was great. (laughs) Yeah. And he just fucking wallops that kid across the room like a ragdoll. And he hits some, like... Sticky, bookshelf. Uh, it's like a metal, metal bookshelf pool, yeah. holder, yeah. Which ultimately results in his death. Like he yeah. goes outside and bleeds to death what on a tree. What a fucking lame ending for that character. Yeah, it Poor sucks. Guy. Kia runs outside and as, wake, as they're now. trying to get away from uh, uh, Jason, they're dr- Will's dragging uh, Lori's body and her arm drags through fire. It burns her. She wakes up while holding Freddy. So yes, everyone is now back in the real world inside this cabin this burning and that's cabin. when yeah and that's sure. when freddie and jason look at each other and be like it's go time motherfuckers and the kids are like we got a deuce let's go and the look of fear on freddie's face they're like oh my god i am not where i want to be right now and this big lumbering thing is probably really pissed off yeah well, he probably is like i'm at camp crystal like this is home court advantage for him no yes. i'm just kidding that's that what makes he says. no sense <laughs> <laughs> and this is where we would have gotten the line about freddie versus jason place your bets oh. and it doesn't fit at Wait, all is that really what this line would have been yeah Freddy versus Jason, place your bets. So stupid. But yeah, it wouldn't have made no sense in the context of the film. So I'm glad they cut it. So now Freddie and Jason are going at it. And this is pretty intense, except for the fact that like there's some cool things where like Jason drags Freddie to like the windows and, you know, there's some back and forth. But when they're punching each other and like slashing, it looks like two kids play fighting in the yard next to a sprinkler. Like it's just like. No, you stop it. No, you stop it. No, you, no, I, no, I got the stick. You got to go down. Okay, fine. I'll go down. But I get back up and it's just like, I don't, I don't know. This fight until they started doing like the environmental stuff with it was so fucking lame. I was like, wow, all this leading up to this and we get nothing. And it wasn't until they like get out of this cabin that I was like, okay, this is getting good again. I think despite being pulled into the real world, there's still some like, supernaturality of Freddy, Freddy's physicality must be, you know what I mean? Cause he's able to stay. He's like, what is this attack style? It's like real weaselly, right? He's hopping around like elbowing stick him. and move, stick and yeah, move yeah. kind of thing. But, but he's, he's not really to... doing that. He's kind of just taking the punch. Now it's my turn. Taking but, the punch. But, as you mentioned, like Jason picks him up and smashes him through a window, then runs him down the side of the cabin through multiple windows, <laughs> like yes. sideways. That would break your neck. Yeah. You know what I mean? But he still manages to get up after that. He's very spry. Yeah. yeah. So there's something going on still. I don't know how he manages to have that power. But that always seems to be the case. Like yeah. whenever they bring him back in the real world, he has like extra resilience. And I'm okay with that. Honestly, like I don't want Freddie to be a weakling who can't hang outside of his dream world because then at that point he really does become a one trick pony, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, I like the fact that, yeah, sure. He is extremely vulnerable, but there is that aspect of like, okay, he's still got a few tricks up his sleeve. He can still do a few things. But yeah, they end up like taking the fight outside of the cabin. Lori and Will run off and Kia manages to catch up with them right as Freddie is advancing on Lori and Will. This is where Kia decides she's just going to badmouth Freddie for like five minutes. The most dated part of the movie. I don't, yeah. I, I, I don't know why Jason gets knocked down or something like that. Yeah, and then somehow Freddie's Freddy like and going Jason after Lori up. and them. Yeah. 
And um, and that's when she's like, I'll hold them off. And then she, yeah, they kind of set Kia up as like this, like sassy, smart talking black lady, you know, who's going to basically really tell Freddie what's up. The purpose of this scene is to what? Give Will and Laurie time to escape, but they yes. don't escape. They go grab gasoline and set a pier on fire here. Well, in I minute. think that was the, the plan. Will's the... trying to get her to go. He's like, he's like, we got to go. Kia's going to like help us get out of here. You're right. They're trying and to escape like, in a boat. He yeah. killed my mom. He killed my friends. I'm not going to leave until I see him die. Guess what, dummy? Leave. And so was Kia, <laughs> no, did she know she was going to die? I think Kia knew she was sacrificing herself, but when she saw us working, I think she got a little ballsy with it. And that's when Freddie kind of flipped it on us. And as you said, John, this movie dates itself by giving us a little bit of homophobia in her attacks against Freddie. Calls him the hard F. Yeah. In a Christmas sweater. Uh, it was terrible. It's when she started getting like, I bet you have a tiny little dick and Jason's got <laughs> a big old thing, don't he? And I was like, yo, well, I was like, like, look at your tiny little butter knives. Look at his big old machete. Yeah. And she's clearly doing like a dick thing. And Freddie, Freddie's affected by it. I was like, bro. He's not. Yeah. He's just like, he's letting he, her run her mouth. because first, first he, he looks like, like, oh, oh, it looks at his claws like they are small. And I'm like, dude, I did, I did not fucking, read that. I did oh, not read that. Oh, you think he that. was fucking with yeah. her? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I think he already knew Jason was behind her. Yeah. Th- th- okay. Yes. That was great though. Like anyway. Yeah. I thought he didn't, I thought he wasn't playing along. I thought he was kind of like, oh man. And I was like, dude, you should be better than this. I think he was playing coy. He's yeah. like, okay, run Waiting your for mouth. Jason to, yeah. to step up. Okay. Which she does. He, uh, Freddie takes a claw and points. He's like, uh, uh-uh, should look behind you. <laughs> well, this is after she, she compliments his big old machete. Yeah. And, and she's, she's like, like, he's behind me, isn't he? <laughs> she doesn't say that. Basically. But, yeah. But he hits her with that machete and she rockets about 300 yards into a tree. Dude, he sends her in the next week with that thing. It's ridiculous. Classic Jason, just known for flinging people 500 yards. And that's the end of Kia. Also, we should know Linderman died at a tree. Yeah, who cares? He gets yeah. left for fucking dead. He's like, Kia, go get help. And she's like, I'll always remember you. Boop. So now but, we're in the construction zone of uh, Crystal Lake. Because Freddie and Jason are going to start going at it. Because Jason's like now pissed at Freddie. This right. is round two. No, round I, three. And this is where Freddie starts using the canisters to knock Jason into the little construction area, which I don't know what they were building there, a condo. That's what I'm saying. What, you know, what at the they, edge of the lake. What kind of construction work is happening at Crystal Lake right now? Ah, Camp Crystal Lake expansion project. Oh. So many parents are sitting there. We kids. did vote on it. We, we yes. had our taxes raised for this, Mark. Remember? <laughs> there was a bond, oh, everything. right. Yeah. I usually just check pro. I we're don't only four miles that. away from it, Camp Crystal Lake, at any <laughs> given time. So. That's right. But yes, his claws must be razor sharp because he's just knocking those nozzles the off valves, of the yeah. tanks. Yeah. The top of the tanks, which are shooting across like missiles like torpedoes at yes. Jason. Is this myth busted? Does yes. this happen this if you do really... this? Do they shoot like rockets if you knock the pressure like that? I don't see I... why they wouldn't the way they, because yes, it's if important enough they were ways, laid yeah. down horizontal. Mm-hmm. So they, all, they wouldn't fly through the air like that. There's not enough pressure to make them fly through the air. It definitely like propel them along yeah, the Yeah, not at the velocity they were going, yeah. I don't think. I also don't know why they need that many air tanks. There was about three dozen air tanks all on a, a rack. lot of scuba diving a lot yeah. of scuba diving bounce houses mark you know? <laughs> you're right one knocks jason into this little construction area and now freddie has the upper hand he's up on top of the construction thing which i don't think he can teleport in this world right so he had to run super fast to get on top i would have loved to see him scrambling <laughs> up there. and he's like hey big guy up here and then knocks all this rebar down and rebar rains down on jason just piercing his body this is my favorite it's a very good shot scene. after mm-hmm. The the uh, the cornfield and the uh, Jason Island because uh, it looks so gruesome and so Jason's pinned down now at this point Freddie what like knocks the big cement uh, thing mixer together, thing yeah. and it's like yeah the, the cement mixer think of a big mixer on a metal cable 
Yeah. That's kind of swinging pendulum style in the area. And it keeps hitting Jason while he's rebarred. So it's really fucking Jason up. And then he's going to push a, um, a cart with no brakes down a ramp that it's going to line up perfectly with Jason and Very run him Donkey over. Very Donkey Kong Country style. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. But it gets stuck and Freddy's like, oh, you got to be shitting me. Which I, at this point, Freddy was back in his good form. And as that's going on, the, the pendulum thing knocks the wood that he's standing on. He falls and gets hung upside down from the pendulum as, mm-hmm. as Jason frees himself. He's like, no, that's exactly. <laughs> wow, that was good. I'm good at that. He does say that, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. And now he's hanging upside down. <laughs> and it's Jason's turn. To, Jason walks right up to him. And I thought they're going to kiss. Yeah, well, I, oh, yeah, Spider-Man the, style. Exactly. No, yeah, totally mm-hmm. Spider-Man style. It would have been better if it was Jason, though, so he could have pulled the mask up. <laughs> <laughs> so while this is going on, while these two are fighting at the end of this dock construction or whatever, Lori and Will are pumping gas out of this giant gas pump onto the dock to burn the dock down. Yeah. I don't. Why so. do they want to burn the dock down again? Because they're going to burn them with them on it. Uh, that I seems guess to be the idea. I guess because Jason will fall in the water, which he's scared of, and oh, Freddie will yeah. burn. So they end up fight, fight. They took the fight to the pier. And right when Jason looks like he's going to do the like killing blow, Freddie manages to slice off all of his fingers on his machete hand, uh, which not was his great, mach- yeah. which was great. He uses his claw, slices those fingers and the machete falls out of his little stump hand. Yeah. And he looks at his hand like, huh? Yeah. Fucking Jason. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> you know? He does like that puppy head tilt when he can't figure shit out. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like a, like a monkey trying to figure out a magic trick. Yeah. He's like, huh? And I don't see Kane Hodder's Jason doing this type of emotion. I, I, okay. So I will say this. I can't, I'm speculating here. I think if Kane Hodder was in this role and was on set, he would have had some things to say about some of these choices. Yes. I think maybe this new guy either wasn't as familiar or didn't feel like he had the power to, and maybe he didn't, but I feel like you're right, Mark. I feel like Kane Hodder would have been like, "Mm, I'm going to play it a little bit different. Let's do another take, you know, or something like that. Definitely. So Freddie manages to get Jason's machete and then he starts going to town on Jason a lot of this starts to blur together yeah. because it's a lot of fighting happening. It's just back and forth, punch, 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 punch. And then they light the dock on fire because we see Lori run out, <laughs> Cherry to the God style, holding two torches in her hand. Yes, very good. Slow motion. And then they light the dock on fire. So now the dock's on fire and these two are fighting to the death out there. But she does stop to say, Freddie, go to hell. You <laughs> have like, to say oh. that. Ugh. Also, uh, Freddie gouges out Jason's eyes. Yes. Mm. Okay. Now but that then has, his eyes are back later. Yes. Because he's looking up in the water at mm-hmm. her. He's like, I was like, I have a note that says, wait a minute. Jason's eyes were gouged out. How are we staring at those sweet baby blues right now? They must have regenerated <laughs> in no time flat. Bro, Jason's eyes. I mean, if we know one thing about Jason. He grows everything back instantaneously. He's right. 90% eye. We yeah. know this. <laughs> he probably gets those fingers back for the end of the movie, you know? He might. Well, he's, he's, no, he well, uses he's his stump. That, yeah. He's palming that head, so he, maybe he just was I would have loved to see little tiny baby fingers. <laughs> Deadpool style? <laughs> yes. Yes, Deadpool style. That would have been oh, hilarious. Man. But yeah, so they're, they're fighting, and at one point, I think Freddy kills Jason almost. Like, once he gouges his eyes, because he turns on Lori. Just to uh, circle back to your opinion of this movie before we watched it today, you often said that this is trading blow for blow, no winner, both guys got to win because we don't want to alienate the fan bases. Mm -hmm. This is that part. Yes. This is where they start trading blows very slowly, right? So Jason jams his hand into Freddy's 
chest cavity, and then Freddie heart or something like that. Which, yeah. but he, I thought he was going to pull it out, but he never actually no. does. Yeah. And then Freddie takes Jason's machete and jabs it through his neck, mm-hmm. through his torso. So it's a real one for one bout. Yeah, this is where Freddie loses his arm. I think right because Jason eventually stabs Freddie with his own glove. Yeah, later on. Yeah, so like in like two like, minutes. Yeah, in this in this, in this sweet death embrace, like Freddie loses his arm with the glove on it. Um, that's why he's using the machete to stab Jason. I think the pier explodes. Freddie gets flung onto the, the beach. Yeah. And, and that's where he starts going after Lori. Lori and Will embrace like it's all over and they look up and Freddie's slowly like walking towards them with Jason's machete. You see the boots mm-hmm. and you don't know who survived the blast. Yep. You think it's Jason because you see the machete, but it pans out. No, it's Freddie. Well, and to be fair, the, the person's legs that it is are way thicker than Freddie's normal legs. So you, you're you made to believe that Jason survived. I thought it was a good misdirect. I it was agree. a great misdirect. Especially in the... It got mo- me. I totally thought it was Jason. The moment in the theater, like, oh, fuck, no, it's Freddie. And then right as he comes up for the striking blow, Freddy's glove explodes out of his chest. Yeah, from behind through the front. Jason has jabbed his arm through his body, and then he goes, I'm out! And he dips back into the water. (laughs) It's it's so funny, because it's like, it's just right through him, and it reminded me of Futurama, where like, Roberto's like, I'm gonna practice my stabbing! (laughs) And I was like, yo, that is a clean stab, especially with a hand that's gonna be loose. Yeah. It it didn't have rigor mortis already. There's no way that would have gone through that way, but anyway. It was a great kill, though. It was a great, like, basically, Freddy getting killed by his own yeah. glove. Freddie drops to his knees. Now, did you like that? Did you find that like enjoyable or poetic or anything like that? Because I like the shock on his face. I think the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, that's cheesy. But this time I watched it, I was like, I really like that, actually. Well, it goes back because he killed Jason with his own machete. So now Jason oh, comes back and kills him with his okay, own glove. Okay, fuck yeah, John. Right on. I'm, I'm, on, I'm all for it. Yeah. yeah, it works. But it gives Lori time to chop off Freddie's head. She beheads Freddie with Jason's machete. And she says, welcome to my world, bitch. They love that phrase. They say it like mm-hmm. three times in this movie. Look, I'm all about cussing. We cuss way too much in this podcast, and I'm okay with that. But you know what? You've got to vary some of it up and take a break. And then we pan over to Jason's head as he winks and <laughs> dips back blows, into the water. Lifts his mask, blows her a kiss. Yeah. Like, Be seeing you soon. <laughs> and then uh, it fades to black. And this is where the alternate ending would have had Will turn into Freddy. Wait, what? Yes. That no. was what was supposed to happen, but it didn't test well. Yeah. So wait, Will like it was so possessed it cuts, by Freddy or it cuts to two months later and Will and Lori are in bed and they're gonna you know do Finally it for the first it. time. Yeah. Nice. And much like in the that 70s scene, Will starts becoming like a real asshole. And it, let me guess calls her a bitch or a whore at some point. Well, he starts basically raping her, of course. Oh, Jesus. Yes. And then she's like, what's wrong with you? And then he pulls back and guess who it is? It's Freddie. <laughs> and it shows like Will with actual uh, knife Freddy. fingers, not yeah. a glove. Oh, right. The, the oh, knives his fingers come out of the are fingers. out of his yeah. Wolverine style. Yes. Lady yeah. Deathstrike style for all my yeah, true nerds Lady out Death. there. I'm glad they changed the ending. That one was too much. Well, the test audiences didn't like it. So then what we Obviously. got, they called everybody back and they actually got a different guy to play Jason for this scene. Because I guess the original actor wasn't available, but Doug Tate came in and played the role as Jason. It fades back in, and I'm assuming what we're seeing here is not our realm. This looks more ethereal. Yeah. It looked like our world, but like the way the lighting is, does it looks like Jason rises out of the water like the lady in the lake in Excalibur. And it's, it's so very, much fog. A lot of fog going on. It's almost reminiscent of that scene where he goes to that shack island in his dream. With also reminiscent to the boat scene. In the begin in the first Jason, mm-hmm. where it's like the boat's got the, the the fog on the water, and then Jason jumps out of the water and grabs. Yeah, the, yeah. I'm thinking this is like the underworld where they're going to go meet the 
guy on the ferry. Oh, Sharon. Yeah, it's yeah. like one of those places. Oh, River Sticks. Yeah. Okay, except it's a lake. Yeah, sure. Lake Sticks. Lake Sticks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's one of so the four the great lakes. Sticks. So yeah, it's, it's a little different. It's the fifth great lake. Yeah. <laughs> so he, as Jason comes ashore, he's carrying Freddy's head. He's palming that shit. It's yeah. so cool. Yeah. And you're like, well, we've got a clear victor here. Thank you, movie. Ah, but not to alienate them Freddy fans. Freddy's head looks at the camera and gives it a wink. So maybe they're in Jason's dream. Hmm. Ooh, that would be interesting. He is at the bottom of the... Why would he stay at the bottom of the lake, That's, though? Because he's like... Injured. I think it's the real world. I think this is them coming out of like, like, okay, cool. We've been at the bottom of this lake. It's time to just step up and get out. For like, how long were they down there, though? Uh, let's say 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. 15 minutes. It, it 10, varies. 15 minutes to a week. Yeah. It yeah. depends. But that's the end of this movie. I understand why they did it. I would have liked it better if, honestly, they stayed fade to black and we didn't see this at all. Or if Jason had come out the clear victor. I don't know. I know why, but I hate how these movies just cannot decide. Because the thing is this. You know what happens in Rocky? Let's pull it back to Rocky. You know what happens in Rocky 1? He loses the fucking match. Yeah, but he You know what happens in motivation. Rocky 2? That's the thing. It was like, have fucking Jason be the victor in this movie. And then when you do Freddy versus Jason 2, it's a revenge story. It's a redemption story. It's like, oh, I'm coming back and I've got to prove a point to this dude. I've got to stand up. I got to step my game up. I got to go into a training montage. I want a fucking Freddy movie with a training montage with some sick Stan Bush playing in the background mm-hmm. and just going hard. I mean, I, I don't disagree with you. I'm just saying. But coming in, to America. Oh, so living in America, but yeah. In three, who's Clubber Lang? Now, Jason is going to have to teach Freddy how to fight a new upcoming. Honestly, <laughs> it should be Hatchet. It should be the dude from oh. Hatchet because he's an unknown. He was Victor from the backwoods. Victor yeah. Crowley. I found this new dude. I, I can't go to toe, but I found someone who's just as tall and strong. Then we bring Kane Hodder into the series. He gets his due for being in the Freddy versus Jason movies. Bam, Hollywood, get the fuck at us. Hollywood, what are you doing? <laughs> Not listening to us. That's Clearly. what they're doing. <laughs> Which is probably the best idea. Hollywood, keep doing what you're doing. I think as a studio owner of an IP, you look at like how long it took to make one movie and say, no, my guy's got to win. You know what I mean? And that's well, what happened. This was not critically acclaimed either. Everyone was not thrilled I, with the storyline. Well, yeah, I mean, that's for sure. I think if they made it now, though, one of them would win based on the supposed Godzilla mm. versus Kong film where one of them supposedly uh, not won. Supposed, <laughs> clearly won. By a fluke. But the point is, <laughs> I think they would Mistakes have. Mistakes were made. That's all we're going to say. Yeah. But back then, they just didn't have the guts. And also, I mean, back to the com- like comics, right? This is like always what happens in comics. The, the cop-out ending pisses everyone off more than it basically appeases them. Like, I, I'd rather, I, if, as, a, as a Jason fan, I would rather have Jason have lost and known that Jason could have come back and kicked his ass even harder the next time than basically being like, oh, they both kind of suck. It's all about the journey, not the win. Yeah, that's what losers say. <laughs> <laughs> the destination is all about well regardless of what should have happened this is what happened and this is that movie um i would still recommend it same it was not as good as i remember from 2003 but it's still fun you have to watch it It, it's such a it's such an important movie for horror because it really is this like again it wasn't just a horror movie it was a cultural like thing one of those things that just happens that everyone knows about yeah here's one is this better than avp Yes. Yes. There was no hesitation. No, no, no comparison. That came out right around this time too, right? You're right. The first one did come out around this time. Um, I'm going to give it a three and a half. 
star rating on that because it's fun, but it's not without its issues. That's out of five, right? Out of five. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have to ask this time. Nice. Uh, I'm I know say you're th- cutting me off before I asked, but yeah, I, I was like, let me, let me, let me save Garrett there. I'll go three. I'm going to say I'm three. A, I'm going to put it at three also because again, I was fortunate to to actually watch this one with someone else in the room, so I got to talk a little shit as I was watching it and be like, what do you mean he can't die? Of course he can't die. That's what you said. I mean, I got to yell at the TV and not feel like a psychopath. (laughs) And watching these movies just reminded me how long it's been since we have mainline Elm Street or Friday the 13th. It's been 13 years. No, we had the the remakes of the- 2009. years ago. Oh, dear God. Yes, it's been a very long time since those remakes came out, man. Yes. 2009 is when that Friday the 13th remake oh, came out. What about the... What about the... I think that was 2008. Oh. Didn't it come first? Did, did Jason That's what she said. Yeah, it did Boom. come first. I thought it was 9 and 10. Maybe it was 9 and 10. Anyway. Point it, is a long time a long ago. Time. And then I got to thinking about how few of these we've done and how many fucking Texas Chainsaws we've done. <laughs> we've really been neglecting these two franchises. Well, you do love a good Texas Chainsaw movie, Mark. Well, we are based in Texas. I feel like it's our duty to review every single one of those before <laughs> well, we... Did we talk about the remake or we just always mentioned that the remake of Texas Chainsaw was well, awesome? We've done the remake. We did it in our remakes episode. Okay, that's right. Yeah. That's right. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been five time. years or so. So maybe we need to start adding a few more of these here and there. We did the worst ones. We did eight. We have Freddy's Dead, but we've never done the best ones. Well, we did talk about the original one. We did the, like the remake episode, where we talked about the original and the remake. We did Friday the Thirteenth and Jason. Yeah, but Friday the Thirteenth I mean, and, and Nightmare. We've never done Dream Warrior. Wow. No, and I would say, and maybe I'm going to get flack from the horror community, but Friday the Thirteenth, the original, is a boring movie. Oh fuck yeah, it is. I dude. don't like watching. Whoa. It. Sorry. Hot takes. Accurate hot takes. The only good part of that is the last 10 minutes of that movie when Pamela's running around with machete and gets her head lopped off. True. Yeah, so. I agree. Anyway. who Grave Talk Podcast. This was a long one, but man, we had to we had to get into it. It was a long time coming. We've been talking about doing this one since we started the podcast. <laughs> yeah. We started the podcast for this right. movie. Yeah. Right. That's it. Yeah, this was well, that's why you guys started the podcast. <laughs> yeah. So that was three recommendations from us. Garrett, what are we looking at next time? Is we are looking at it is time. It is finally time to do Bone Tomahawk. Psych! All right. Not gonna fucking happen yet. Oh. Um, I, I've, I've been thinking a lot about Bone Tomahawk, and you know what? As a benevolent ruler, I'm gonna throw him a bone tomahawk, if you will. One bone, one tomahawk. And we will be doing Bone Tomahawk very soon. So hang in there, listeners. But in the meantime, we're doing one of my favorite shitty '80s movies. One of my favorite garbage horror movies. We are doing Sleepaway Camp, a movie that I was turned on to by random, and I've never been the same. This movie has everything. You're never quite the same after you watch Sleepaway Camp. And not even just for the ending. Like, everything that leads up to that. I'm looking forward to it. Maybe John will warm up to it, as he says he does after reviewing Mm. 80s movies later. Starring the fantastic Felissa Rose. Yes. Which, listeners, if you guys got an in, tell her to get on us. Like, tell her to get at us, and we will get her on the podcast. If you've never seen this movie, watch it. Don't spoil it for yourself. You want to see the twist ending. It was dedicated to his mother, a doer, (laughs) which we will talk about. Anyway, Sleepaway Camp next episode. Well, listeners, thanks for joining us. You can find everything we're up to at thegravetalk.com. We've got a Twitter, an Instagram, a Facebook page. We're giving uh, shit away on these things, so just you know, it doesn't hurt to follow. That's true. We might do another one. You have any recommendations or cold open ideas? Let us know. You can hit us up on the uh, aforementioned social medias. And until then, get sleepaway camp watched, and we'll see you next time. Gavel, gavel, gavel. <laughs> <laughs>